Hey, y'all. It's time for another episode of What Are You Doing While Hanging Out at the House? Well, I have been crocheting. I have crocheted about 50 granny squares, and I'm going to make a blanket and call it the coronavirus blanket. I've been baking. I made a new chocolate cake recipe. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa. Yes. It's the intro is supposed to be about what the episode is about. Oh, not what I've been doing. Well, hey, I do a review of the game Santa Monica with you on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. I, Vanessa, do a review of Santa Monica <laughs> with Marty. Yes, and then Tony and I will talk about what we've been doing during the lockdown. We also have the guys on from the Scurry Report where we talk about Tony's top games that make him grumpy. And Adam comes on to review the game The Search for Planet X. Hey, I played that game too. Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast of 2020. That's right. This is Rolling Dice and Taking Names, episode number 196. Fear not this night. I'm Tony. And I'm Marty. And to be fair, Tony, we've actually been the Social Distance Podcast for many years, not just 2020. Oh, this is true. We've, we've stopped recording in the room. We haven't recorded in the room but a few times. So we yeah, we've always maintained social distancing. <laughs> we've been practicing this before it was cool. Oh, absolutely. And how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling just handy dandy. I'm sure like a lot of people, so they're going kind of stir crazy at this point, you know. When you go out, there's only like a couple places you can go to, which is mainly a grocery store. And other than that, well, that's about it. Okay. Well, I was very concerned for you because, you know, I saw you, you took a plane ride recently and I was, I was concerned that you were going to contract thing, even though most planes are empty now. And so you had to take a flight to, I believe it was Utah and back. Is that correct? No, oh, <laughs> I was like... Tony is now totally on drugs because I have not been on a plane. Okay. He, he's setting up something, y'all. Is he uh, now? Yeah, so. Is he now? <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. Bravo, sir, on your... Well, that, well, let me explain okay. what it is. So last week... Well, let's be more specific. You said last week because a lot of people don't listen to us when we come out. They listen to us three, four months away. In the middle of April, Chaz Marler from Pair of Dice paradise gotta say it slow i came out with his monthly video where he talks about the top or hot games on bgg the top 10 uh, that he does uh, each month and this is on his uh, youtube channel and uh, on his tweet it's like hey you can go watch the top 10 here or you know what hey if you come in my lawn i'll, I'll tell it to you there so i reached out to Chaz and i went that's funny i said wouldn't it be funny if we did something where like i was sitting on your lawn and he went yeah I went, Chaz, that'd be funny. Why don't we do that? And he went, all right. So I said, I'll do this. I'll go record myself, video myself like I'm sitting on your lawn asking for your top 10. And I'm going to send you that. And then you interact with it. And um, Chaz brilliantly put this little segment together. And it's on his YouTube channel now. I think it's called Live Reaction uh, Top April Games or something like that. You can go look that up. And uh, even I was laughing at how, how well he edited it. I didn't know the tone that he was going to uh -huh. be doing it like being just dis being disgusted. It's like, why are you here? <laughs> he did such a good job with that. Well, well, you did too. I mean, uh, just the, I mean, first off, you were the gambler for trying to get that flight out there, and not get COVID-19, but okay, fine. You didn't do that. All right. That's fine. Wink, wink. No, I was really um, out in Utah, yeah. not, U not Utah, Oregon. He lives in Oregon. Oregon. I was out in Oregon 
But um, yeah, that was fun. And that's, and that's what's happening nowadays, Tony. Everybody's being really creative, uh, coming up with different things to do because uh, a lot of people are playing games online. People are hosting games online. You're playing uh, Yukata and um, stuff like that online. Uh, digital board games are really big right now. I've uh, got a copy of Talisman, mm-hmm. uh, the board game on the Switch, which I'm going to be uh, covering soon and talking about. So it's one of those things that it's like it came up, hey, Chaz, you want to do a little quick little skit? We got time to do it, and we, and we did it and put it out there. So, yeah. yeah. What, I mean, what else are you going to do with yourself besides hold your family hostage in the basement and force them to play games because I can? <laughs> Which I have been doing, and well, I've not been forcing them to play games. They have been very kind, Tony, in offering to play games. And like last episode, they said, all right, I know that you and Tony cannot get together so we'll play a couple games with you and we'll record a couple segments and you can put them in the show, which is exactly what we're going to be doing in this episode. I know for sure uh, we're going to be talking about Santa Monica, uh, which is coming out from AEG that Vanessa really liked. And Tony, not only that, we're going to give away a copy of Santa Monica. And if you want to hear how, make sure to listen to our coverage of the game later on in the show. Can I enter in that contest since I will not be able to come over and play it and possibly get it delivered to my house? Or are we on exclusively non-RDTN uh, employees? I, I think it's only fair that only non-paid RDTN employees. Well, wait a minute, you're not paid. That's what you said, non-paid. Uh, Non-RDTN affiliated people. Okay, so, so co-hosts cannot get a copy of this because that's really not fair because you have one. Correct. However, uh, when this embargo, not embargo, whenever this feels like an blockade, embargo. no blockade's not right either. Whenever this house arrest is over, I will make sure to get you a copy. Last episode, for those who haven't listened to it yet, go out and listen to it so that you can understand what I'm talking about. We went deep. We did a deep dive in the impacts of COVID-19 on the board game uh, hobby, how it could impact various things. So for this episode, we decided to lighten it up a little bit. So later in the show, the scurry reporters are back because we needed to fill some time. (laughs) And... And boy, did we feel time because we're <laughs> recording this after we recorded that segment. It's like, all right, guys, just come on. This will be like a 20, 30 minute segment. <laughs> it's pushing. It's pushing one hour, but it's good. Let me go ahead and tease the topic because I think this is interesting. Each of us brought our top three games that we believe will make Tony grumpy when playing. There you go. Hey, and thank you. Kudos to me for actually coming up with that top. People always say <laughs> top whatever. I'm like, well, let's, let's turn it. Let's make it so that. You know, because we always talk about what makes me grumpy on the show and how I am. So let's see if they actually do know me. And boy, yeah, they they do, y'all. <laughs> we've we've pretty much nailed all nine selections, pretty much. So oh. yeah, that was a lot of fun. So Marty, the name of the show is Fear Not This Night. What's that from? Tony, that is actually from the amazing soundtrack of video game Guild Wars 2, which we have been huge fans of Guild Big Wars fans. since it came out, oh my gosh, 2008? Oh. It was about that time. And here's the thing. We were playing the beta of Guild Wars 1, mm-hmm. and it was right around when World of Warcraft came out. And basically, we were playing that and the beta of Guild Wars. And when Guild Wars 1 dropped, we both canceled our subscription to WoW, jumped in Guild Wars, and never looked back as we played through it and Guild Wars 2, which came out a few years later. Yes. And I, was it uh, WoW that I, I copied, I, I dropped WoW in order to go play City of Heroes, because I can't play more than $15 a month. That, that's going to hurt the wallet. 
So I think I canceled WoW, went to City of Heroes, then went to Guild Wars. Guild Wars 2. Yes, that was just, oh, so good. Such a matter of fact, it's so good that Marty said, hey, Tony, did you know the expansions are on sale from this company for $13? I went, Marty, no, I didn't. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> God, you, man. So I went, I was really concerned. He says, no, go do it. Cause Joel Eddy from drive through review went and bought one. So we know he didn't steal his credit card. So you should be safe. Appreciate you, Joel. Now, now, let's be fair. This isn't one of those bad sites with the legal keys. This is a sponsored site from arena net. Just happened to have a good deal going on, uh, with, you know, a lot of games are on sale right now, uh, video games, mm-hmm. because of what's been going on with the lockdown. So, yes, it was a great deal. It was a great deal. So I loaded it up. I got my character up. The first thing I did, I cranked that bad boy up on the computer. And when that game showed up and finished downloading for, I think, must have been close to 45 minutes, I uh, mm-hmm. got in there. My character showed up back. Oh, good old Char Turin. He was over there getting ready. He was standing somewhere where I couldn't remember. His bags were full. He was encumbered. <laughs> he had birthday <laughs> presents everywhere. I'm like, oh no. And then my favorite thing was, by the way, we've changed how skills are done. Oh. Yeah. It's just a little bit of a learning curve if you haven't been there in a while. I've also been playing with Matt Evans from Board Game Replay. Him and his wife have played a lot. And right now, Matt and I are going to finally finish up, after eight years, our personal story, which I never finished, which is basically uh, for an MMO to have a really in-depth personal story to happen is, is just really well done. And I kind of got to a point where I couldn't solo it. Me and you couldn't get together time to finish. And I just couldn't solo the game by myself. And I stopped and kind of went off and do it, started doing other things. Well, when I came back, it's like, okay, one of my goals is I'm finally going to finish this personal story. And I'm only three chapters away from finishing it. And I, I can't wait. Uh, the stories in this game are amazing, Tony. There's The reason why I wanted you to get the expansion, which is Path of Fire, is number one, you get a mount which is really nice to be able to run around the game. And I've heard the story is absolutely amazing. And then and then they release these new living world stories. They've come out with like four or five of them, uh, where it's just chapters that drop every so often. You go in and play and play through this story and everything. They just have a new one that just came out, um, Ice Brood Saga, which I'm playing through, and it is really good. It is one of my favorite video games of all time. Not just favorite MMO, but favorite video games of all time. I love it. I remember playing Guild Wars 2 and sitting on the couch with just the lap top and the mouse next to me just to do the daily rewards. Donna would be like, what are you doing in that game? And she goes, you're not really even doing anything. I go, well, that's true. I'm getting my daily reward and that's more important to me. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. Cause every day you log in, you got something, you got something to do. You got to go do this. I would love to complete the uh, personal story, but I, once again, I've got to get back into it, figure out what the guardian class is, have to go look into all that and all this new loot. It's, it's amazing. But if you don't play it, Marty, could we help people out here? Could we get them a chance at playing this incredible game? Actually, we can because I talked to Joel Eddy into getting the game and he talked about it uh, on his uh, vlog. He's not doing a lot of reviews right now because he's in the process of trying to move. So he's just been doing these little weekly vlogs where he talks about what, what's been going on. And one of the things he talked about was Guild Wars 2. Come to find out, one of the people who enjoy his content is the PR manager for ArenaNet, which is the company that publishes Guild Wars 2. And his name is Justin Ficino. 
And Joel said, man, this is pretty cool. This guy from ArenaNet reached out to me and said, Joel, I love your stuff. And I think it's really cool you're playing Guild Wars 2. And I said, Joel, I said, I got a fanboy. I said, can I please get this guy's contact and just let him know how much a fan I have been for this, this game, this world, uh, for the past 12 years. And so he put me in touch with him. And I said, Justin, it's an amazing game. I said, me and my uh, co-host have played since the beta. And he said, okay, you guys have been playing this longer than most of us have worked in ArenaNet. I said, okay, well, thank you for making me feel old. Uh, but, but yes, we absolutely love the game. And he said, he said, let me tell you something. He said, how about this? Would you like some keys to give out to your audience? He said, a lot of people are probably sitting right now, right, right now looking for something to do. And since you've really enjoyed the game, I want to give away some keys to your audience. And I said, are you serious? He went, yeah. He said, how about this? He said, I'm going to give you three keys to the ultimate edition of Guild Wars 2. I said, the ultimate. I'm going to go look that up real quick. I'm like, holy cow, that's an $80 package. You went, yep. He says it's everything. The base game, the two expansions, a max level boost, additional character slot, uh, some outfits and everything, 4,000 gems and gems what the in-store currency is if you want to buy some other stuff. And I was like, Justin, that is so cool of you. So guess what, everybody? We have three keys that we're going to be giving out in a contest from this episode for the ultimate edition of Guild Wars 2. So if this is something you've always been interested in wanting to try, now is going to be your opportunity. That's right. So at the end of the show, we'll tell you how to enter the contest to have a chance at Guild Wars 2. No, let's go ahead and tell them now because it's kind of integrated into the show. Okay. So they can be listening for it, right? Right. So, well, the easiest way is we'll have our Google form up for you to go out and tell us, you know... Hey, I listen. I need your email address, what you love about us. You can't tell us anything that you don't like about us because I'll throw your entry out immediately. You don't even have to do that. If you just want to come and give it a name and an uh, email address, your name automatically goes in, in the pot. That's right. But there will be a bonus, a plus. Throughout the show, there will be seeds to various songs. And if you can pick out and tell me who the artist is in that entry, that'll get you two entries. Not one. But two towards Guild Wars 2. So let me get this straight, Tony. So you're saying that you're going to drop song titles throughout this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that it's all songs from one artist. That's right. And if people pick up on these hints, and in the form that you're going to create, you're going to have a section that's like, what artist was I referring to? That's right. There'll be an entry. You can type it in. Yep. And so then when they submit it, if they're right, they get two entries into the contest. Call us crazy for doing all this for you, for our <laughs> listeners. But, but you know what? It's a give, give here. And at this time, everybody needs a little sunshine, a little unicorn. And here you go. Um, I, I will say, say this though. Another thing about Guild Wars two is, and Guild Wars, uh, the soundtrack is one of my favorite ever. Uh, the, the composer is Jeremy soul, uh, who did the soundtrack for Guild Wars, Guild Wars two, the, the, the core game, but he's known for a lot of other things. He's done like Elder Scrolls and some other games like that. Just an amazing composer. And to this day, I think you do too, Tony. You still listen to Guild War soundtracks, right? Constantly, all the time. It's just good music to have in the background. It's kind of like this podcast. It's good background music. <laughs> or background noise, except his stuff is a noise that's actually really, really well done um, as opposed to this show. So yeah, that is uh, good music. It's um, I can't sing the praises of, of Guild Wars enough. Again, if you like MMOs, to me, it's my favorite of all time. And now you have a chance to actually win. 
So Tony, we've been doing that. Have you have you had a chance to play any games or anything? Or well, Marty, now that you mentioned that, since this is a board gaming podcast, I have not just you capturing the family. Not only uh, it's me and my wife here. Uh, Rebecca's still out in Tulsa, so um, but we did do virtual gaming with her and her boyfriend, some friends of ours, and their daughter and her boyfriend in Chicago. So we had Tulsa, Chicago, uh, Davidson, North Carolina, and Charlotte, North Carolina. And we were doing code names online. That was interesting. Okay. How was that? It was it was fine. I mean, we had some mic issues, but you know, it's how you always deal. I feel like you're in a conference call at work while we're doing all this social distancing and staying at home. It's like... Hey, you know, they're, they're jittery, they're jumping in and out. And I was just kind of like, okay, it, it kind of sort of worked and it was fun. It was, it was a good way to break it beat sitting around Saturday night, watching TV, plain and simple. But Donna and I did sit down and play a game from stronghold called ripple rush. Okay. Is that a roll and write? It's a draw and write. Draw and write. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So think of quicks. You remember the game yes. the drawing, uh, the rolling dice called quicks. Now you're drawing cards and doing quicks. It's a game. I'll, I'll give it that. Okay. Even Donna was like, not as climatic uh, as she enjoys her um, rolling rights and drawing rights. Because, you know, she loved all the rolling rights from uh, Stronghold. And but mm-hmm. this one did not grab her, didn't really grab me. Mm-hmm. It's a concept of you both draw, uh, she draws a card, I'll draw a card. We look at these numbers and there's four colors or shapes and you look at them and you put them and you need to make sure that when you draw them, you write them in the right color and you have to have an ascending order from bottom to top. And based on how well you do in grouping them will determine your points. Okay. It's a very, I will say this, this is a game I could teach my 70 year old mother. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, in times like this, you know, if you're the only people you get around with is just family and stuff and they don't play a lot of games, maybe this is a good thing for but that. Once again, my 70 year old mother does not need me near her in the event that I have COVID. I, I'm just saying in general, I'm just saying if you got family, they don't play a lot of games like your mother. Like. Fine. Jeez. You're absolutely right, sir. I'm not saying go and see your mother who's 70 years old. I know. Don't need to risk her life with this stuff going around. I tell you what. But yes, that's. The only issue I have with this is that Mm -hmm. the sixes and nines look identical. So if you don't recognize which way the shape needs to go when you turn the card over, like a square. They don't have dots or lines over or under them? No, nothing. So so I pulled one. I go, hmm, Donna, is this a six or a nine? And she's not supposed to see my card. She goes, well, it's going to be a six because I wrote mine as a nine earlier. I said, oh, okay. And then we compared and looked at him and said, oh, this is how the card needs to be held in order to make sure that you have a six or a nine. If you don't pay attention, you could write the wrong number. That's probably the biggest knock to this game. You should always have a little underline on sixes and nines, especially if the graphics around it are identical. Yeah, but that's about it, dude. So you played one that I said that was something you played with Don. You play something else online. Uh, you and I have got to play a couple things online. Uh, Mark, who's going to be coming up later on the scurry report, showed us Jackbox, uh, which is a set of online games that we got to play. Th- those were okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were, those were fine. The, the best one was the bomb game where we had to uh, defuse the bomb. Yeah. And uh, it's on sale right now. I think you've got a jackbox.tv, the online store. As of this recording, uh, all their packages were on sale. They're expensive. They're mm-hmm. like 25, 30 bucks, something like that. But they're on sale for 16 bucks. And I saw that uh, package number four was one of the more popular ones. So I went and grabbed it. I was going to do it with my family um, over um, Easter. We got together for an outdoor social distancing area in my parents' backyard. 
and I thought, hey, this would be a good way to play, but it was out in the sun and they couldn't see the screen of the PC. I went, ah, forget it. So we didn't do it. But anyway, um, I mean, I've, I've seen the Jackbox games before and, and they're fine. I mean, they're good. I mean, they're a good way to get online, do some stuff with people and they can just use their own device to play. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. I mean, one thing I know we were using Discord to talk. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, can I have Google Hangouts running or Duo or Skype? in order to play Jackbox. And the other thing that confused me is when we were playing with Mark and Nate, it was like, well, you got to see, he was sharing out his screen for us to see, right? Yeah. And yet we had our own screen and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm confused. What am I supposed to be seeing here? Yeah. you do, On some of the games, you do need to see the host's screen, which is why he was sharing them. But when you select answers or, or doodle or write your stuff, you want to do that on your own device and nobody else can see. Right. So I, I thought about picking up one of those for to continue this. And see what other people thought. I I did. I enjoyed the bomb game. It got long with all the narration. Imagine that. The flavor text. I was like, okay, let's get to it. Just let me see how long we can go keeping us safe and not blowing up the office. But one of the reasons why we got together to play Jackbox that one night is also to be able to test out your technical prowess for running, finally, after almost a year our RPG sessions that we were offered to our pod pledge backers that had a certain level. If you met that level, you got to play an RPG ran by Tony. And those are actually now in the process of happening. We've done two. We have one more to, to go. And Tony, it has been an absolute blast playing Adventures in Middle Earth. You as a, a GM, the people coming into play have been a blast to play with. I've really enjoyed my experience so far. You're too kind. But yeah, yeah, you are way too kind. Cause I, when you're, so here's the thing, Marty. I keep wanting to make more interaction pull people in. And I think sometimes I'm lacking in that, you know, to get them to interact. We've got a story on rails here and I have to, sometimes I've kept it on rails, <laughs> but you got to. So I, I hope to keep getting better at that. It's It's been fun. I've enjoyed it trying to relearn things, but I will say this story that we're doing is pretty darn straightforward. Roll for initiative. Can you beat these things? Next event. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of an on-rail story, but I, I will say this. We do have two good resources available to us to help us out. One, remember last year, Ignacy wrote a book mm-hmm. uh, on how to run RPGs. Uh, yeah, Think Smart, which is really good. And also, Jamie Keggy, last year on their Kickstarter, he also wrote a book uh, for the Secret Cabal on how to be a good GM. And both of those are really good resources that uh, I recommend if, if you want to get some tips on GMing and it comes with just doing it right. I mean, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're, you're okay to take it off the rails, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, because of the decision you just made, we're going to go off story a little bit. And we're going to go do this instead. And you create the story as we go along. And I hate it took so long, but as uh, people have heard, if they've listened to the podcast, from the standpoint of me trying to find out when I was moving out of my house to, uh, which was a almost six month process to now COVID-19 coming back. It worked out very well on making sure that happened. And also people may think that I postponed this because there was a, had to be returned to buy date and we exceeded that. So they could not get their money back. I'm sorry for what? You know how there, how when you buy something, like at Best yeah. Buy, you only have X number of days and before you cannot return it? Yes. So people bought a session with Grumpy Tony 
Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, for some reason I thought it was with your house. It's like, we had to make sure we got in by the date or we could not sell it back. It's like, you're going to sell your house back? What was going no, on? No, these people that back to this level, you know, we yes. exceeded that and now they can't return. We couldn't return their money because they've exceeded that time. They should have thought about when you, hey, buyer beware. <laughs> I, I think everybody's been having a really good time with it. And Tony, you and even I, you and I have even talked offline. It's like, that was so much fun. It, it'd be, it'd be fun to do some more. I mean, uh, uh, you actually tease later on that, uh, with, um, Mark and Nate recorded with earlier about, you know, be fun when this is all over to get together and play this session that you've ran because now you know it so well and run it for us and let us play through it and stuff like that. So RPGs are fun. You just got to find the time like everything else, mm-hmm. right? To sit down and do it and commit to it. And um, I have enjoyed my time. And it, it is nice to know that it is viable online. It did work. We're not using Roll20. We thought maybe you get of all teching everything like that. And you went, nope, theater of the mind. And said, I'm going to share a PowerPoint slide if I mm-hmm. need to show a map. And it's worked extremely well. Well, I'll tell you this, Marty, before we cut over to commercial break, because we don't want to go too long here. And I don't want to forget it because Lord knows my mind is not. Hopefully, people went out and gave us a BGG nomination. Yes. Here's the thing. We're okay not winning because we probably won't win, but we want to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> always. Always want to be the bridesmaid. <laughs> we want to be a bridesmaid because uh, thankful to all those who voted for us in the past, uh, we've had a good little streak of getting nominated each year, and we would love to continue that streak. Uh, so the BGG Golden Geek nominations are now open uh, for not only podcasts, but all the board games. So go out there. If you go out to their front page right at the top, there's a place that you can click on and go vote for all the board games. Then you select podcast. You can select all the podcasts that you want to vote for, not just ours. Take all of your favorite podcasts, show them some love. We would just hope that maybe we're included in that list and we would just love to get nominated again. Oh, that would be so nice to be able to expand the graphic, figure out how to put another little bronze, not a gold, a bronze. Now, Marty, when do these close? Any idea? I believe it's May 1st, so you will have time when this episode comes out for nominations. And then after that, if we're fortunate enough to get nominated, uh, then we'll probably say, hey, if you want to, you could throw us a vote. Maybe maybe we can crack the top three this time. I doubt it, but you never know, right? I mean, eventually, Tony, when everybody else has won, we'll be the only ones left. I told you, attrition, man. We are in this podcast for attrition. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you want to get rid of us, we're not going to go anywhere until we win a Golden Geek. <laughs> so it could be years. That It's up to you. If you want us to get out earlier, that's that's kind of an achievement for us. It's like, okay, we can now retire, but not until then, baby. So if we have to run through every active podcast until there's only one left to vote for, so be it. That's right. Now some sad news. BGG 2020 spring has been canceled. Origins is postponed till October. And there is talk mm-hmm. that even Gen Con could be on the chopping block. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be a crazy summer, man. So, uh, we're going to do what we can here to try to just bring some fun and everything and try to do some things on the side, some special things. I know that, uh, origins is paneling on doing a virtual origins this year. I have reached out, uh, unbeknownst to you, uh, to the event coordinator for origins. And I said, look, if there's anything we can do to help, 
during that time. And she said, thanks for reaching out. So I actually wanted to reach out to the people who make content to see if they want to maybe do a, you know, a playthrough of a game or play a game online during that time when Origins would be. And I said, just give us the details and maybe we can see we can work something out. So Tony, maybe we could be a part of Virtual Origins this year, even though we won't be going. Absolutely. Now I will say this, Marty, if we didn't get nominated for the BGG thing, nominations closed on April 17th and we will have released this after that date. All right. So thank you for those who had a chance to vote. Why did I thought it was May, May 1st? I, sw- I re- totally read it wrong. So that's thank you for checking. That's the final <laughs> voting, dude. That's the final voting. The final voting. So, hey, hopefully. Okay, let's see. Guys, thank you so much for <laughs> providing a nomination this year. That is so unexpected. Uh, if you want to, please give us a vote for the, the, the finals. We'd love to make the top three or take two. You know what, Tony? You you can't always be a bridesmaid, right? You know, we had a good run. We had a good run. So maybe next year we can get that nomination. And congratulations to all those who got nominated. And we'll we'll just give it a, a give it a better shot. Yeah, next good year. luck to all those who got nominated. Is is that the only two scenarios we got here? <laughs> and whichever one it is, it is right. So, so oh man. So can we cut to a commercial, <laughs> please? <laughs> Okay, so all your favorite local game stores are probably shut down right now and you can't get a lot out of them. I know even here in our state, they don't have offer curbside service anymore. They were going to, so where else can you get games? Well, you know, Miniature Markets Warehouse is still open and they're still shipping games and they are super busy. So you wanna make sure to go out to miniaturemarket.com, subscribe to their newsletter where you can see what their daily deals are. And if you don't subscribe, you can always go out there and see what the daily deal is each and every week. Uh, however, because of all that's going on and everything and their warehouse being so busy and them trying to maintain safe distances between their workers in the warehouse. Just give them a couple extra days to get your order processed and out because uh, they're trying to be as safe as possible, but they still want to get the product out to you as fast as they can. Again, if you want any games, Miniature Market is a great place to start, but you still get free shipping for anything over $99 in the continental US. To find out more, go to miniaturemarket.com. Vanessa and I have had the chance to try out the brand new game from AEG called Santa Monica. This is a game by Josh Wood for two to four players. And in Santa Monica, you're trying to create the most appealing oceanfront in Southern California. Marty, let me say something right there. Tell me something, Vanessa. You said appealing. Yes. This artwork is appealing. I gotta say something. Oh, you gotta say something. You ain't done. You ain't done. I'm not done. (laughs) Because we got the game. It was on the dining room table, which mm-hmm. is where most of your games tend to gravitate to. Okay, that, that's kind of a passive aggressive thing, but okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not passive. It was it, it was, was open. Active. It was open. Um, and so I immediately said, "Gosh, I love that artwork." And then our son came through. Oh, I really love that artwork. There is something about this color palette that is very pleasing, very calming, and it draws you to the game. And I'm trying to think, is it is it pastels? Is it, It's just like muted colors. It's, it's muted. muted pink. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like muted, soft, beautiful turquoise that makes you feel like you're in the ocean water and you can hear it. You feel like you're there at the ocean on a peaceful 
beautiful day. They really captured the colors of being like you're at the beach. Because you know when you go to the beach and it's like sand beaten and everything. So colors are kind of washed out. And if you'll notice, uh, Vanessa, the AEG logo is usually bright red. Yeah, it's that it's muted. even muted yep, color. Yep, and the seagulls, I'm jumping ahead, but the seagull <laughs> is the uh, first person token. And it is so... It's just so neat. So that was the artwork on the box. And you open it up and you look at the cards and you feel like you're walking down the boardwalk. Yes, and exactly. And actually what you're trying to do is almost build a boardwalk because there's two different types of cards in the game. There's oceanfront cards and then there's city street cards. And uh, over the course of the game, you're going to be stacking those cards one on top of each other where your top row is all your beachfront stuff and your the row below it that connects to it is all your streets. So the streets may have have a bunch of shops and everything and the beach cards will have like different activities that you can do and maybe it's just because we're stuck in the house but it's like <laughs> it's very appealing to me it's like ah oh, the beach it kind of makes you want to go to the beach yeah and and I tend to like the mountains more but this has really got me itching to go to the beach <laughs> and uh this is one of those games to where I guess you would say it's a it's a card drafting game but also a tableau building game because you're going to be drafting cards putting them into your tableau. I like that word. Tableau. <laughs> with the whole goal of generating victory points, in-game victory points, as each card may do different things for you. It may give you resources such as sand dollars that you can spend or little people that will come into your city, either tourists, VIPs, or locals. And they're so cute. The little tourists have a little camera and the locals have their shades. <laughs> and the <laughs> VIPs have... Nothing on them, yeah. but uh, they're just the people that say you want them to come to the beach and everything. So they're going to give you these resources and the cards will also let you move these people around because there's a certain cards will have activities on them that you're trying to get them onto that card. Like one of them here is like building a sandcastle. One is playing volleyball, flying a kite. And if you get them into those cards by the end of the game, if those slots are filled or those spaces are filled with the correct number of people, you're going to get victory points. But what I love about this game, Vanessa, I love games. Games that on your turn, it's a very simple thing that you do. You either take one of the bottom row cards, you, you start out the game with setting up two rows of cards. Each row has four cards in them. You'll select one card from the bottom row, put it into play. You'll activate the card where it may give you resources. And then it may have a scoring, uh, in-game scoring condition. Mm -hmm. Then the card that was above it just slides down. You take a card off the deck and replace the card that slid down. And then it's mm -hmm. the other person's turn. That's right. Then there's also two sand dollar actions that are variable. So each game you're going to randomly pick these two sand dollar actions, which you require you to play sand dollars, mm -hmm. which is a resource you can get from playing cards. Hey. Is there another way to get a sand dollar? Uh, yes, there is. I, I was going to come to that, but I was going to say oh. those uh, sand dollar actions require you to play sand, and they could do different things for you. Usually, you're yes. going to take a card, but it also allows you maybe to make some additional moves with people. It may allow you to swap cards in your cities to get things aligned the way you want them to. But yes, Vanessa, also along the bottom row, you have a food truck. <laughs> and you have hey, a foodie. Food truck. <laughs> and if you take the card that's right above the food truck, he'll give you a sand dollar. And mm -hmm. then the food truck moves one space to the right. If he gets all the way to the end, he just wraps him all the way back around to the beginning. The foodie, if you take the card above him, he'll allow you to move one of any person uh, in your city one card space. And what I liked about the sand dollar actions, mm -hmm. and you said it, 
they're random. I think there's like four all together and they're printed one on each side. So you really have eight combinations mm-hmm. and they're random. So that makes the game feel a little different because we've played this a couple times. And the first time I was using that sand dollar action almost every time. This time I didn't use it as much. And not only that, there's also an additional in-game scoring condition that's also random. A card will come out saying, oh, by the way, during this game, you may score points for the number of, of cards with wave icons you have on them or for every uh, street and beach set that you have etc so the variability comes from the sand dollar tokens at the beginning and the in-game scoring condition plus just the randomness of the cards as they come out over the course of the game and we have found after both times that we've played there are a lot of ways to score points in this game yeah so i mentioned about the activities that's one but there's also icons on here that'll say oh by the way if this building is beside this different types of building and there's different types of buildings there's uh, leisure uh, activities there's like tourist attractions they have different colored icons with different symbologies on it and and a card may say hey if you happen to get this beside another building with this particular type of icon, you'll earn a certain number of victory points at the end of the game. So as you're drafting, you're trying to determine, well, if I take this card, I can put it beside this other card, which generate victory points at the end of the game, and then you're done. Then you'll take your turn. You're doing the same thing. And then it's like, hmm, you know, which which card's Vanessa going to take? And if she takes that card, I kind of really wanted that card. But maybe I hope she takes that card so the one above it slides down (laughs) so I can get that one. So even though the actions on your turn are simple, draft a card or take one of those sand dollar actions on your turn you may be doing a lot of thinking it's a little bit of a brain burner it was it was what what did i say i said it was a relaxing brain burner (laughs) yes because it's not like overwhelming you see it's like well i can get cards from adjacency i can get uh i mean points you can get points from adjacency points from putting your little meeples into little activity slots and and you can also again pay attention at the final score condition that's random at the very end several different ways to score victory points so you're just trying to build the best and it's not really an engine but the best tableau that by the end when you tableau. calculate when you calculate you all your points that way every time you tableau <laughs> uh, and I don't think that we mention and it's just another mm. cool little feature of it our vip people we said that they were the movie stars that were there so everywhere they go they leave footprints and that's actually interesting too that's random yes so you actually start with a starting card and you draw it and uh, well you pick two random you're supposed to draft we just kind of drew uh ones but at the top it'll say for every like for mine is for each beach visited by your vip you earn a victory point and yours was for each, well, the icon is a soccer ball. So for or each, volleyball, or volleyball, yeah. I'm sorry, volleyball game or the palm tree, I got. Um, you got I a got victory point. Yeah. So then, as you're trying to move your VIP onto those types of cards, so that kind of helps direct you. It's like, okay, Vanessa was looking for cards with the volleyball or the palm tree icon on them. And then cards that help her move that VIP so they can leave these little footprints behind that'll score one victory point for every footprint that's on your Mm -hmm. tableau. (laughs) Which is just another neat little thing that they thought about, footprints in the sand. And (laughs) and another random factor, which will make the game a little bit different each time. And what's also cool, too, it's only 30 to 40 minutes. We probably play this game in 30. Well, you play until you've played 14 cards. Yes. The game is over when 14 cards are played. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that comes really quick. We were like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and I love games like that where you feel like, okay, the worst types of games where they drag on and on. Like, <laughs> when is this game going to end? A cool kind of game, it's where there's that panic of like, we've only got two turns left. And I've got to generate some points. Which two cards am I going to take to give me the most points? And that's where a little bit of AP may come in at the end. Because <laughs> as you're looking at the four cards out there, which ones do I think I can use to generate the victory points, etc.? Like you said, it's a relaxing thing. It's not like oh, yeah. you're just saying, hurry up and take your turn. Because you in turn are probably doing the same thing going, which one am I going to take when it's my turn? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I remember there at the end when I only had two cards and and you were ready for me to go, I did have some AP and I was saying, let me think, let me think. And I, I didn't push you, did I? <laughs> you did not. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> because I was sitting there going, please don't take that card. Please don't take that card. Because <laughs> I was going to uh, want to use it. And what's cool too is we had some very close games. Uh, the first game that we played, you beat me by, I'm looking at the score, like nine points. But this game, I just one by like two so it could have easily could have gone either way and we scored about the same amount of points each time and it was easier the second time that we played because now we kind of understand here's the kind of cards that are going to come out here's the kind of actions you're going to be able to do here's the kind of victory points i might be able to generate yeah and again i just have to say it, it's a fun game and each time you play it is different because of the way the setup will be i like games like that too to where like there's a little bit of yeah i like to say variability for your tableau oh wow <laughs> variability a 25 cent word there <laughs> this game is just now coming out in april 2020 and hey, i know that's this month it is this month, but in case somebody's <laughs> listening in the future. Oh, like, somebody's like, listening in the future? Wow. <laughs> like anybody would go back and listen to our old episodes. Yeah, just in case that they do. This came out April hey, 20th. Marty? Yes. Marty McFly? Oh, that's right. I back to the future. That's right. <laughs> and it's on pre-order right now. You might be able to, and it's kind of hard to get in stores because you can't get into stores to get anything. But that's why Vanessa and I are excited. Yes. We have an extra copy of this game. Woo! Unopened, provided by AEG, that we're going to be giving away to one lucky winner in the United States. Sorry, we got to keep the shipping as cheap as possible. And we're going to be doing this. And Vanessa had a great idea. I'm going to let her say it. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a link on our show notes where you can go out and fill out a form. Give us your name and your email address. And one other thing, Vanessa, what is that? Your favorite thing about the beach. So favorite thing about the or favorite thing to do, to at, do the at the beach. Either yeah. one. So yeah. the favorite yeah. thing about the beach could be an activity or whatever. Fill that in and we're going to randomly pick. Oh, maybe I'll put the pressure on Vanessa to pick it. Maybe she'll randomly draw one for us. Absolutely. <laughs> so she'll randomly pick one for us and we'll promptly, because the postal service is still open, we'll put that in the mail and then one lucky listener will be able to enjoy this game too. And I'm sorry, Marty, I started thinking about the beach and when, how long do they have to do this? Well, Vanessa, that's actually a great question that I hadn't thought about. I'm sitting here looking at the calendar now. How about if we close the contest on your birthday on May 3rd? Perfect. Yes, do it. So midnight Eastern time, May 3rd, we'll shut down the poll. Vanessa will randomly pick somebody that will contact you via email if you are the winner. That is very exciting. You know what else is exciting that my mind has kind of wandered to because we were talking about the beach and I'm looking at the artwork and I see the Ferris wheel and the shops and suddenly I want a funnel cake. 
Oh, why did you say that? What a funnel cake. What's your favorite topping on a funnel cake? For example, do you like powdered sugar? Do you like it sprinkled with chocolate? Do you like it with honey, cinnamon? I just like the straightforward sprinkle it with powdered sugar. Mm, I got. I like the powdered sugar with the the, the chocolate syrup I put on there too. Ooh, could put a little bit of honey on there. That's very messy. Why are we talking about this? You and I are currently on a diet. We ain't eating any sweets and you're bringing up a funnel cake. No. Maybe that's why. <laughs> What's the zero point food we can get at the beach? Well, I guess we could bring an apple. <laughs> I snorted. Wow. <laughs> I've never snorted. <laughs> okay, that's it. I need to shut this down. This is Santa Monica from AEG out now. Again, two to four players, plays in 30 to 40 minutes. Both Vanessa and I really enjoy this game. Typically, Vanessa, you're not really into these, oh, it's just another game where you get victory points, but I think you kind of dug this one. I dug it. I really dug it. I dug in the sand. That's right. In my little Get your little sand castle. pal, make a little <laughs> castle. So once again, don't forget the contest. Go out and enter. It will end on May 3rd, which will be Vanessa's happy birthday. I can't wait to see what game comes up next that you're going to come on the show and talk about. <laughs> I can't either. As we talked about earlier in the show, the guys from the Scurry Report are back. Mark and Nate. Guys, welcome back again. Hey. Thanks for having us. Glad to be back. From our plush home studios, I see everybody has uh, Mark in his game room and Nate in his, well, I see a couch behind him and some uh, baby toys. It's living room slash playroom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last episode, we had a very deep, serious talk, and we thought, okay, enough of that. Instead, we're going to have a little bit more fun uh, this time around, because let's see, how long have the four of us been gaming together, like rarely, like at least once a month? It feels like a couple of decades. i've been getting my butt handed to me by nate for a long long time in any game i play five years i mean is that safe four to five years safe to say yeah well no no there's no way because we've only been doing this podcast for seven even though it feels longer so you think it's longer than four or five No, i think it's shorter what okay let's think about it queen city games is how long it's how old? Uh, Queen City Games started before our podcast. Ten started. years, probably. Ten years? Yes, ten okay. years. All right. So were we, but we weren't gaming regularly then, were we? Oh, I am just being Mr. Contrarian tonight, so forget it. Tony, that actually kind of goes along with it, because you've already kind of got this little attitude here. We're supposed to be having fun and stuff, and just already contradictory. What I was trying to get at is we have been gaming for years, and we've known over the years that when we game together, there are some games we like, some games we dislike, and some that we tolerate. But when it comes to Tony, Tony has earned this name of Grumpy Tony typically because of the way he receives and talks about games. So what we're going to be doing tonight is each of us are going to be listing our top three games that we believe makes Tony grumpy. <laughs> yeah. But now before we do that, I, I think we need to set some guidelines here. So, so gentlemen, would you give me some examples of in the past when we've played together, when you can tell Tony is grumpy, what are some actions that Tony takes when he is grumpy? Can I go oh. first on that one? Can I go first? No, Mark. I go, I called it first. <laughs> when Tony sits down at the table, there's number one. <laughs> 
that's 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 fair. <laughs> I just want to do a level set. We want to get the expectations out there where they need to be. All right, Mark, what's yours? Tony paces the room. Yep. Basically, uh, when Tony gets up from the table and starts walking around, the new, you know he's lost interest. He'll get up from the table. And then all of a sudden, he starts looking at the games on my game shelf. Yes! Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. This is a great game. He'll get up. If he's here at the basement, he just gets up and walks across the room and looking at stuff on the shelf. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, why haven't we played that? Why haven't we played that? Because we're playing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, usually it's because I have a lot of time between my turns, so I might as well do something with myself. Yeah, I know Tony is really grumpy whenever he puts his head down on the table or puts his hand head in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. That's reserved for the worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah, you're right. that's getting really bad when he does that. Now, I remember in years past uh, when the DS and 3DS was out, he would pull the DS out of his pocket, flip it open, and start playing. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, well, it's not my turn, so I'm going to take my turn over here on this game over here. Or he pulls out <laughs> his phone. It's like, I'm going to take my turn in Ascension. I've even seen him pull out rule books for other games and start reading those rules. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm not seeing a problem here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not seeing it. I, I mean, I'm making good use of my time. Should I not be doing that? No. In the middle of a game? <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's not that I don't enjoy y'all's company. I'm just thinking, okay. You'd rather look at other games than chat with me. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> or the best is, is when he starts getting, when he, when he moves from grumpy to frustrated, he starts doing this stuff. All right, people, let's go, 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 go. Come on, it's your turn. Go, 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 go. It's like, holy cow, just calm down. Or worse, in a social deduction game, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is when there's that, you know that time when you're sitting around the table trying to deduce and you want to suss people out? He just like, oh, I think it's him. I was like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? It's like, he will not, you know, go with the flow and discuss. And it's like, no, let's come on, people. Come on, pick somebody. We got to go. That's, that's the trademark line. Come on, people. We know it's Nate. <laughs> all right so we, we've got a baseline we all know what grumpy tony is like so there are some games we purposely try to avoid because we really don't want to see that side of tony so we're going to start hey nate let's just go ahead and start with you with your number three hold on you need some sound effects oh, oh yeah, yeah i do so i'm sorry tony yeah we, we paid for these go ahead all right so here we go <gasps> number trying to start a car <laughs> hey that's what my lawnmower sounded like after i cleaned it out and i need to start it back i got this huge backfiring wind i'm like oh please this is the bad gas lawnmower <laughs> okay so my number three is a game tony has not played but i am convinced it would leave him utterly frustrated from the get-go and it is a highly rated game it's food chain magnet I think Tony would really find it frustrating because Food Chain Magnet's a type of, is a heavy strategy game where you can be put out the first turn if you make the wrong moves. And you still have to, like, you know that you're losing the entire game for the next, like, three hours with no real way to catch up, getting abused and dominated by your opponents. And games like that, Tony hates. I think first turn, Tony's going to make a boneheaded move. He's going to realize he's out. 
And he's going to sit there pacing for three hours with Food Chain Magnet. And survey says... Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. If there is no chance of ketchup, none of... I mean, it's, it's a heavy Euros, I don't mind. But if you cannot have any chance of ketchup, that is just pain and agony. I, I, I can't stand it. There's no way. Now, Mark, have you played Food Chain Magnet? I actually have not played Food Chain Magnet, so... I want to, though. I would like to play it. Wait a minute. Is it? It's Magnate, right? Yeah. And yes. Not Magnet. Magnate. Magnate. Yes. Are, you, are you sure about that? Sure. Sure. Okay, that's good. We'll go with that. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> What's it's M-A-G-N-A-T-E. Correct. Not M-A-G-N-E-T. And what about you, Marty? Have you played it? I have not. I do know what Nate says is true in the fact that you can really measure, measure yourself early on and that I've heard people say you need to play with same skilled level people. Is that right, Nate? Like if you're going to play, play and you've never played, try to find people that's never played before. Yeah. And that's the only reason I say Tony's going to mess up that first turn because I did that playing with some experienced people at a con. Even for me, I was pretty frustrated. I had to like, all right, if I can just do these couple things, well, I'm going to have, you know, set that as my new goal, but. It, yeah, it was it was challenging. Well, and I did that to Marty and I when we played uh, City of Big Shoulders, just by accident. Uh, <laughs> we were only playing three three players, and you know me being who I am, I had a chance to screw Marty over in the first turn, so I did. And it <laughs> turns out it screwed Marty and I over for the rest of the freaking game. Yeah. Yeah. That did we play with three or four people that night? That was three. Uh, Bert. That was, was three. The, yeah. That's the problem with those types of games and and uh, just three people is if two people like mess each other up, the other person just runs away with it. It seems there's yeah. no counterbalance to that other player. But we still played and we still enjoyed it. I mean, we didn't oh, get up and walk around the room no. and look at other games or anything. No, you didn't put. You didn't. You know, uh, say let's go, 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 or put your your head in your hands anytime at all. Right, the rest yeah. of the night. I just I did keep saying over and over again. This is your fault, Mark. This is your fault, Mark. This is your fault. And it was. It was hundred percent my fault. So Nate, I I am kind of curious, would it even be worth trying to put it on the table, or have you already predetermined that this game is not something you ever want to throw out in front of me because I don't mind losing at a game, but you're right. You put a game out there that you can lose in the first round. I just, those games just rub me the wrong way. This this game is like perfectly suited to frustrate you. However, it is oh. so well done. I think that it's worth experiencing that all like hardcore gamers should experience it at least once. It's one of those type experiences. You might hate it, but at least then you can say you've tried it out and can see what it offers. So one day maybe. All right, we'll put it on the table someday and we, we will judge that. All right, who's next, Marty? Who Who thinks they know me? Mark your number three. Okay, I went with the low-hanging fruit here. The game I picked was The Resistance or The Resistance Avalon. Just straight-up social deduction. I kind of know where Tony's frustration comes from. I get a wee bit frustrated at it sometimes, uh, but I just love the game so much that it's tolerable to me, but I know it absolutely is not to him. When you get into that, phase of the game and sometimes it drags on to where you start throwing accusations and trying to get information and you don't have any information so you're basically just throwing things back and forth waiting for that one person to slip up and say that one wrong thing to where you can be like no it's him so what do you think tony 
Oh, absolutely. Y'all, everybody knows. Social deduction, you put that on the table, there's no way. No way. I'll play it. I will play any social deduction game, but you better get ready for attitude because it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Here, let me go ahead and give my number three, okay? Because it's also a social deduction game and you can answer answer to both. So mine was just flat out Werewolf. I know Mm -hmm. that's one of the early deduction games that we played. Uh, I know that you weren't crazy about it. So what is it about social deduction games that you just do not care for? It's what Mark said. It's all that going back and forth, arguing. I feel like you can never get back your life in that 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that 30 minutes is supposed to be enjoyable, and it is to most people. So arguing is enjoyable to y'all? How can that be enjoyable? Oh, my God. Yeah. I love arguing. Just ask my wife. (laughs) (laughs) hey and werewolves got both the things not only is it social deduction but you can be eliminated in the first turn and if you got a big enough group it's gonna take forever that would actually be a blessing for tony no i actually (laughs) asked that yeah whenever y'all put social deduction that is not my very first question is there elimination and how do i achieve it But, I don't. I don't need to stay in this game and sit there and hear y'all say, "Oh, he didn't know she didn't." I don't. I mean, <laughs> by nature, like? I am a very. Um, I, I always play devil's advocate to people, always, and it's just trying to get people to think, you know, beyond their one thought. Like, and my wife hates me for doing this to her all the time. So, okay, hates too strong. I know, Marty. I always say it too much, but anyway, but in this game. It's not even that. It's not playing devil's advocate. It's just false accusations over and over. And and the more you whine and complain, the more you're it. And I don't understand. And Marty was good at this in resistance. I never understood how you could figure out who was it in resistance. I, I, ooh, I, I, that's, what, that's what frustrated me about that game. Well, see, that, that's part of the thing is, like, if, if I know that you're the type of, oh, I know that because of all the whining and everything, it must be them, then I'm going to whine, even though it may not be me, just to throw you off. I mean, that's the whole part of social deduction is trying to figure out what triggers, what's the, um, the tell, that's it. Yeah. Uh, if, you think, if you think you know what the tell is of somebody, then do the opposite of yeah. You know, like I know Mark, Mark smiles whenever he lies. So he's the most obvious. <laughs> <I do> not. <laughs> Look at you. He smiles a lot. All right. So I think there is one social deduction game, Tony, that you will tolerate. Don't mess with Cthulhu. I think you're okay with, right? Yeah. yeah I like that. I don't know why either. Why do I tolerate that one? I don't know. I, I really like that one too. Uh, so one of those games that every round, it feels a little different anyway. So that is one you're going to tolerate. All right. So Tony, give us our sound effect for the uh, next selections. Number It's the lawnmower it's again. It's the same I mean, thing. We, it, it just is. got started. Yeah. This is a ripoff. <laughs> oh, fine. Fine. Be that way if you don't like them. Guess what? You get what you pay for. Okay. So my number two. First game, I went with a heavy Euro deep strategy that's going to frustrate Tony. The other thing that really frustrates Tony we haven't talked about yet is a long game. And so for my number two, another very highly rated game, Twilight Imperium 4. Tony might like about an hour or two of Twilight Imperium 4, maybe. But most Twilight Imperium 4 games go, that I've played go six hours, maybe, depending on player count. Some of them have gone up to eight or nine hours, even. You know, for Tony, no matter how good a game is, I don't think you're going to stick stick around without getting frustrated for eight hours. What do you think, Tony? 
I've played that game once. I remember thinking this is going to be awesome and epic. And then I started seeing the rule book. And then I was like, okay, this is a lot. And then when I show up and get decimated, I would give that game another chance. But you're right. Anything that's going to break the three-hour barrier. Oh, man. That's that's really pushing the old um, bladder. No, you're right. No. Mm-mm. And Marty was sitting at me at the table with that one. And Tony, uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm kind of in the same camp. That first time that we played was not a good experience for either one of us. It's one of those things I need to play again because it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I know it can't be that bad of a taste. I would probably like it better the next time around with guys that I know really well. But that early on game was with people we didn't know that well and stuff. And I don't know. I definitely think we should try it sometime. I think it would be fun if we could get Tony to to tough it out and, and play. We can play a lower player count game and then have us run it so that it goes very smoothly, very quickly. That's one thing with all these epic games, they're experiences. And so, you know, it's very group dependent. It's dependent on whoever's running the game for you. Cause I do think you need kind of almost a GM running the game for you. But, but wasn't it so much, it was a sudden ending to it. Not that I wasn't sad that it suddenly ended. It was just, <laughs> it, it was just the mere fact that, oh, I think I'm doing good. Boom. He won. What? What kind of crap is that? And I believe, and guys, you could totally correct me if I'm wrong, but in the newer version, it includes expansions and something that keeps that from happening. There was this one card where you always get a point or something. Yes. And the draft, the draft always went the exact same way every round. Yes. But yep. they've changed that to where it doesn't necessarily work that way, right? Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, that is completely true, Marty. The only thing is, in, even in TI4, it can end kind of abruptly still, I think. Like, mm. You know, it can people can come up come with a surprise victory, just when you think, "Oh man, a couple more turns, I might win," and then bam, Mark all of a sudden just wins. So me right. and more like more like Nate. I was trying to be generous with his four hour TI three game. We're spending all afternoon, and it's like three and a half hours in. And he's like, "Oh look, y'all, I won." <laughs> <laughs> What's he gonna do for the rest of the afternoon? But I remember that uh, in the game that we played, Tony, I remember towards the end of the game, like the first two or three drafts, we just gave them out. It's like, well, I know you're going to take this. I know you're going to take this. I know you're going to take this sort of deal. There was no surprise to what people were going to draft towards the end. I, I, to be honest with you, Marty, I, I literally wiped that from my memory other than <laughs> it was, it was, a, a ter- it was just a not, it was nothing to do with the other players. It was simply just a bad experience with the game that I kept thinking, please let this thing end. And then, bam, it did. And it frustrated the piss out of me. <laughs> but, I mean, look, so your first play of a game can can always jade you on a game from then on out, right? Right. Uh, and sure. like I've, I've said before, I think I I did that to Marty with, with Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I think I did it to our friend Kevin with Battlestar Galactica. And I think it also happened with a game called Fief. Just because... As I was running the game, I was trying to put too many expansions in. I was basically doing some testing on my own to figure out what I wanted to use and what I didn't want to use. I shouldn't have used new players to do that. Uh, I should have done used seasoned players who had played before and understood what was going on, not try to explain the game to somebody new. And then the game's too long, it's too drawn out, it's whatever, and then they don't want to play it anymore because they had a bad experience. Now, so Mark, I will tell you this, that there were two experiences with you. That was the second. Do you remember what happened in the first one where you taught me this game that totally jaded me? Not once, but twice? Uh-oh. 
Is that the one where some knucklehead put in the wrong number of Cylons or something yes. like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, you know, I, w- I, I wouldn't play Battlestar with that guy either. Yes, if the first play is jaded, you should give it a second time. But a jaded six hours is not going to get a second time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. That is fair, actually. All right, Mark, your second. My second is one that I actually think Tony may have changed his mind about at some point in time, uh, but it's Dark Domains. So we played this game, and uh, everybody at the table enjoyed it except Tony. And we're all like, this is such a good game. It's, it's worker placement. It's, uh, you know, it's the role reversal where you're the bad guys instead of being the good guys. You know, all of that, we were like, yeah, this is really good. And Tony was like, mm, no, no, I just, it just didn't click with me. So is that right? Did you change your mind on that one or are you still jaded on the dark domains? I'm a, I'm a little jaded, not hard. I mean, it was in the squirrelies, obviously, as a, a game. I, I want to definitely try it again, but you're right. It, it made me grumpy because when things are not clicking or it doesn't seem like it, there's any reason for what I'm doing, then a game will make me grumpy in no time. I'll be like, all I'm doing is just doing this and this and this. And wasn't, was that the game that became, this is so repetitive. That was the game that became, this is so repetitive. And as a matter of fact, we, we finished the game. We put everything up. I closed the game room up. Tony and Marty go home. I'm talking to my wife and she's, you know, I've been there for like 15 minutes or so. And she's like, hey, did you remember to get that stuff out of the garage and take it to the curb? I was like, oh, no, I better go do that. So I walk outside and 15 to 20 minutes later, Tony and Marty are still in my driveway debating about whether Dark Domains <laughs> is a good game or not. <laughs> Tony, oh, it's, it's so repetitive. And Marty's like, well, that's it's the same with every game. You do the same thing over and over in the game. What makes this one not work? I don't know. It's so repetitive, but it was so funny. I'm like, you guys are still here. (laughs) (laughs) Go home. Get off my loan. (laughs) I was just very confused how all three of us got this impression of this game. And Tony was so 180. And the only thing I got was it was repetitive. So I was trying to dig deeper into what it was. that was really triggering him. I never really got it. You saying that's as deep as Tony goes. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. All right, so my number two is one that, Tony, you have not played, but after hearing about what you think about games like TI4, I don't think you'll be crazy about this one. And I believe that both Mark and Nate have played this, and that is Fief. And that's from, uh, we love this company, they make Academy Games, which we love a lot of their games, like Mari Nostrum, etc., But this uh, Fief game is, uh, you know, the theme, it's in medieval times and each of you plays a, is it, is it a faction or a country? And it's basically, you're trying to, I guess the, the end goal is get certain amount of points, but it's the way that you get those points. And over the course of the game is you don't play a lot of the game. It's a lot of sitting around the table and, and negotiating. It's like, well, if you help me do this, I'll help you do this. And it's like, oh, you know what we could do? I mean, there's a concept of getting married where you can marry some, you know, you have one of your cards, one of your characters, marry somebody else's character, then you're joined. And then, Tony, there's this whole concept of, I think it's once per game, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, where you can take a sidebar with somebody and go off for like, I don't know, two or five minutes or something like that and just leave the table. And then come back. And so this kind of crap's going on for like four to five hours. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 guys, did I explain that right? Or, or, or could you want to put in more detail into 
to help Tony understand what this game is. For one, you have like tokens, and I think it's either two or three times that you can get it from the table. Oh, okay. Oh, it's but, even more, Tony. It's not just yeah. one. But that, but that's a really good mechanic in this game because everything is at the table. You have to negotiate at the table unless you use these tokens, which are limited in the game. So you and then you only have two minutes, and I unless I'm mistaken, also I think that's the only way you can trade items is that's also right. using those tokens. You're sitting there, and the, the 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 game is elections. There's some on the map area control kind of stuff, and more war fighting a little bit, but a lot of this game is negotiations because. You can get elected to be a bishop. You can be elected to be a cardinal. You can be elected to be the pope. You can be elected to be the king. By doing these things, you get victory points. This game only, I think you win with what, five, maybe? Three. Three. By yourself. By yourself, right. So, And each one of those things is a victory point. So they're all really important, but people also don't want to give you too much power or you'll win. So (laughs) it's a constant back and forth. Yeah, and Marty is right. There is a ton of negotiation because outside of those tokens, a good game of FIFA is negotiating, trying to see if you can get into those sidebar negotiations. <laughs> Five minutes of negotiation to see if you can do a two-minute negotiation with Tony. And I can just see his eyes rolling in the back of his head when we're doing this. Tony, imagine this. There's six people sitting around the table and one guy saying, look, won't you vote for me for this? And the other, and half the table goes, yeah, we'll vote for you. And the other half goes, oh, we shouldn't vote for you. So then you split. And so then eat, you segregate the two or three groups arguing with each other on who's going to nominate who and who's going to vote for who. Sounds, it, sounds like fun, doesn't it? It sounds like a social deduction game that's spent over three freaking hours with <laughs> more chits than anything. And oh, no, no, no. But it does give me the opportunity to get up from the table for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. And Marty, just to put a point in it, we, Mark and I have not only played it, we both have it. And I would, I would guess it's been both of our top 10 games of all time. Yes. Definitely. Why? Why would something like that be in your top 10? It's easy. It is a unique experience unlike any other that represents, you know, that type of running that kind of a family, basically. I'm going to go as deep as Tony. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> it, I will and, say hey, one thing. You don't do the same thing every turn, Tony. That That is true. And I have the painted minis coming for the Lords. So yeah. when I get those, we have to play. Yeah. Wait a minute. For wait sure. a minute. You don't do the same thing, but yet you've got things to go negotiate and sit and talk for three hours. You negotiate yeah. about different things. Yeah. You're not moving the red cube over here every turn. So it's different every turn. Three hours is a short game, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> it actually might be. Oh, my heavens. So I, I do want to ask these guys if you were given the choice of uh, playing, uh, teaching Tony either TI4 or FIF, which would you pick? FIF. FIF. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's more unique in this in this tabletop space. I think that it has a better chance of Tony enjoying Fief than enjoying TI4. Yeah, it has a lot more like character and theme and like it's more of an exp- even more of an experience for me. When you get the painted miniatures and we get out of the quarantine and we want to throw three hours of our life away, I'm all for it. 
<laughs> I, I've already told Vanessa, basically, I'm just going to open up the basement uh, like Friday night and you guys can spend the night and leave like Saturday night, Sunday night, if you want. We'll just go like three <laughs> days hardcore to make up all this lost time. That'd be great. Hey, I'm down. I, that's not going to happen. It'll be a day, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, if, for us, it may happen. For you, it may not. I got I got other ops. Yeah, I got things to do. Tony, oh my gosh, you're under quarantine. All those things you should be doing, do them now. Uh, There's no excuse. <laughs> I go to work every day. So that's, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Nate, do you not go to work every day? Or Mark, do you not go to work every day? Oh, yeah. No? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, guys. I... I you can just, you know, uh, share your love with me on this game. You know, just just show me how it's done and I will play this game. Awesome. I'm All so right. excited. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. All right, Tony, number one. Number one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was the best yet. So, so basically just yelling into the mic is, is we paid for that too? <laughs> yeah, you do. You get once again. He took the muffler off that lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, you're number one. <laughs> okay, so I saved the best for last. Uh, I haven't done a social deduction game and I yet in my list. Oh, and I Lord. have oh, no. the cream of the crop because this is a <laughs> game I actually played with Tony at a convention. Mm. And it's the most frustrated I've ever seen Tony. And the game is Mayday, Mayday. Mm. So... Uh, if you're not familiar, this is a social deduction game where you're on a plane. There's some terrorists on the plane. They're trying to uh, blow it up. Uh, we played with a large group at a convention of probably like 10 or 12 people. Uh, and Tony, it, you, I'll let you tell the rest of the story about how it ended. It did not end well. I will <laughs> say that. The plane crashed in my eyes and, and my daddy voice was strong that night. It was the daddy force was with me. I would, I don't think I've ever yelled at strangers before, (laughs) (laughs) but I did. I let it rip. Oh, that was not a proud moment. (laughs) So you whipped out the dad voice on him. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. It was bad. Wow, That's hardcore. Yeah. And, And Tony wasn't the only frustrated person. He was just the only one yelling angrily. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was the only one letting it be known and i didn't even have to get up to let it be known i was ready to pound some table flip the table i was yelling at this young lady and i was like you're the terrorist on this plane it's obvious well how do you know that because you're talking way too much <laughs> shut up and sit down let's finish this game and it was i forget who else was there i know uh, i think robert burke was there you dan king dan king he taught friend. it yep uh, and then another gentleman from a publisher, he was there and he, Suze. Oh, yeah, Suze was there. Uh, um, yeah, that to was Tony's a- credit, I do remember there being about 20, 20 minutes straight of like deliberation during one round where everybody just arguing around the table. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, you're the logic is all there. This is actually a game. I can figure out the logic and I'm like, you people are sitting here arguing me about logic. Let me explain it to you. And that's when they start trying to shout you down. And that's one of the things I really dislike. Mm. Really frustrates me. You're in a game where I am trying to logically talk to you about how this is the answer. And you start shouting me down because you know I'm right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was bad. So, Tony, is, is it safe to say this is the most frustrating game you've ever played? It was the most frustrated I ever got in a game. Fair enough. I win. 
<laughs> I wish I'd have seen that, man. Dang yeah, it. you do win. That would have been. I wish that was on tape. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that that would have gone viral? That would have been amazing. Why didn't you pull the camera or the phone out when you started going ballistic? This is a while back. It was yeah, this is quite a while ago. They didn't have they didn't have phones back then with cameras. No, they didn't even have cameras back then. No. <laughs> <laughs> he could, he got Marty. He couldn't flip it open quick enough. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the Motorola Razor. <laughs> All right, Mark, you're number one. My number one. Everybody, literally everybody that has played this game thinks this game is such an awesome game. It's not because it is. A 30-minute Euro game. I thought it was 45. 45-minute Euro game. <laughs> Don't try to sell it any better than it really is. And it's Ragusa. Oh. Yes. I mean, it is such a good game. And literally, like, I I know I've played with Marty, like, three or four groups of people. And everybody that plays is like, oh, man, this is so good. I really like it. But not Tony. He's like, oh, I don't get it. I don't get well, this game. Why do y'all like this game so much? I just don't know. Okay, so in my defense, not that it matters. I <laughs> will say this. Did I not immediately play it again? You yes, did. you did. I yeah. give you credit. Yes. Yeah. I'll say to Tony's credit, this isn't the first game he's done that on. Even if he's frustrated, he will give a game a second try yep. and make sure that it's not just a particular night or you know whatever. So that's that's very true, Tony. Yeah, and I don't know if it's frustration and grumpiness that they they go hand in hand. I'll admit, there's just something I don't know about the game. It's it's like Nate was saying with a game of um, food chain magnet. Okay, magnet (laughs) about where you feel like if you make that wrong move, and with Ragusa, I always felt like whatever I do is wrong, and Mm. that made me grumpy. I could go here. And I, even the rules were taught correctly to me, unlike some people. But I'm just saying <laughs> that, that that's what frustrated me. That's what made me grumpy. Oh, so it's, it's the fact that whatever you do, you're going to let somebody else do also. Or you, maybe you do one thing and they do two things. Or well, it, I, What made me grumpy about that was this, the, the game just seemed like it was always... This looks like a good move. No, it's not a good move. This was the better move. See, Mark just scored all these points. Oh, wait, there's Marty doing this, putting a little church or a little bridge over a house. I don't know what he's doing, but he's got that. Well, wait a minute. This rule applies here. What the freaking hey? Why is that happening? And I'm not. Why are they all going there and they're not coming where I'm at, where I started? This sucks. Because your space is no good. Yeah, it's, it's You went there too early. Or too late. <laughs> Too yeah. And that's the normal progression for me in that game. Kent Parker, who we all know from Mega Moose Con, a good friend of ours, and he yes. and he he dislikes this game too. So that's true. There you go. That's true. There is another person that does not care for this game, and, and it was Kent. And I will tell you, Tony, uh, that number one kind of dovetails in my number one for the same reason. Again, a game that I absolutely love that you have played multiple times. You have given it a fair shake. But every time that we get to the end of a game of Terra Mystica, you are just not a happy camper. Okay. First off, the first time I played it, I won. Wow. I did. I won. Yep. I, I got to play, what was it, Marty? I call them the hobbits. They they did the shovels and... The dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember which one. There, there's a lot of factions now, so I, I can't keep them all straight. So there's a good expectation. So when you win, you kind of tend to like things, right, guys? Sure. 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 Sounds good to me. I ain't won. I ain't been close the next few times I've played that gun. Uh, 
But isn't it the same reason as like Ragusa? You felt like, and you told me this before, you, you did something and it was the wrong thing. And then you got frustrated because other people did this thing, but I was doing this one thing and it wasn't working. And why wasn't it working for me? Well, with Terramisca or Gaia Project, right? That's the, uh, that's, yeah, the, the, yeah, the sci-fi version. Yeah. The sci-fi version. It's, I'm finally getting to do something. Okay. I'm going to replace this building and put it back on my wait, I got to put it back here and now I'll lose out. And now I got to do all this crunchiness to get it all back. I don't mind crunchy games, but there's something about that game that just, oh, I got to move the little pebbles around the little power wheel. Oh, wait, I got this track over here that's moving some monks up and down. Oh, I don't know what the <laughs> frick that's over there. Hey, what about, what about, what are you doing over there? Wait, I can't put a piece there because I got to terraform this stupid thing. Well, well, let's play terraforming Mars. No, we're playing Terra Mystica. <laughs> what the heck? Well, you know, if you're on this land, you get this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, my heavens. Please. Oh, and wait, there's water. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that that's about every game of Terra Mystica right yep. there in a nutshell for Tony since that first game that he won. That, that was pretty much it. And it's so funny, Tony, the things that you don't care for is what I love about it. The, oh man, when I do this, this building is going to go back on my board, which is going to remove this resource. I need to get a way to get it back off. I love that whole mechanic thing. I, that's, that's, it's like a little machine to me. And it just, obviously, you and you've said it before, it just doesn't click, but I swear you are a good sport. Every time it comes to the table, you will play, but we all just understand by the end, you will be grumpy. So we make it the last game of the night. Mm -hmm. Now, I've always wanted to buy the app. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, so I could get better at it, so I could understand it, understand the mechanics of it. And, and you guys deal with this all the time. There's just those games. Well, it's not it's not how hard it is. What's a sidereal conf? Yeah. Is, Sidereal oh, confluence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh and Mark does not like that one. See, see, okay, I'll remember that for later. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that game. Really enjoyed that game. But that's crunchy too, dude. I know, that is but super I like it. crunchy. But I like it. And negotiation. Reason. Yes. Well, maybe we need to play some more so I can hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a second chance. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It has all the tick marks of making me grumpy and it didn't. Well, we have to play it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Nate and Mark both love Terra Mystica and Gaia. Yes. Especially Gaia. I was not a big fan of Terra Mystica. Mm -hmm. uh, I played it a couple times. Uh, I didn't care for the little power pill, you know, yeah. move around the board thing. Mm -hmm, I, call, mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of dumb. But after playing mm -hmm. Guy Project a few times, I, I enjoy Guy Project. So I don't know what the difference between the two games is that I didn't enjoy one, but I did the other one. But And see, I think, uh, and the theme of Guy Project, the um, space theme. Space. That's one of my favorites. So. Yeah. 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 So, I'll, hey, put that on the hey, put it on the table anytime. We'll give it a try uh, again. You, you, like we've all said, you are fair and you will play. We have kind of learned though. Well, we don't want to make him grumpy, so we won't bring it out. But if we did, you you would at least play it. So now, Tony, you are going to turn the tables on us because now what you are supposed to do is come up with one game that you think you could bring out that would make each one of us grumpy. Can you do it? All right. So. I've known Marty through the years, and one of the things, I mean, when we started this, I thought, you know, okay, we enjoyed, you know, starting out some of the games, like, you know, the co-op games, but it seems like whenever we get together, you, sir, Marty, mm -hmm. are not a big co-op kind of person, because I 
can never seem to get a co-op game on the table. And now I've got these incredible co-op games and one of them that I've been dying to play, but I think it would upset you because it's maybe just takes too long. There's too much um, fiddliness with it. And that is zombie side, black plague, or take it up a notch, green horn. So I'm, I'm, what? Uh, I don't like co-op games. So, okay, hold on, hold on, stop. Yeah, you've known me for all these years. So I'm just going to throw out games. You tell me whether I like them or not. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Arkham Horror. Yes. Yeah, oh God, yes. Uh, uh, Mansions of Madness. Yes. Yes. Uh, Arkham Horror, the the card game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Pandemic. Okay. What I'm saying is I can rattle off co-op game after co-op game that I really enjoyed. Why do you think I would not like Zombicide Black Plague? I think you only like Arkham Horror because Vanessa likes Cthulhu. Therefore, by supposition, you like Arkham Horror. The game that I've played the most in the past four months is Marvel Champions, the card game. That's card games. Throw card games out. I don't. They, they, but they it's don't a count. co-op game. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the theme that you enjoy more than the fact that it's a co-op game. Well, no. Okay, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're way off base. Zombicide Black Plague is one of the best versions of Zombicide I've ever played. Yeah. They fixed a lot of issues with the regular Zombicide in Black Plague that I think makes it superior to the others. And Green Horde was just an extension of the Black Plague. And we played Cthulhu Death May Die by Simon recently. And that's basically a very similar system. It is Cthulhu, so maybe that's why Marty likes it. But you really enjoyed that one, right? Oh yeah, love love that one. So to me, this was a softball question. Yeah. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Because I, I said, Tony, what game do I not like? And it's like, I'm gonna lob this right after the plate. And I don't know what happened. You closed your eyes or something. One of the first games I ever learned at the Queen City Game Club was Small World. And that's one of those oh, games yeah. I just oh, had a bad yeah. experience and I kept playing over and over again. And I was getting so frustrated when it's one of the reasons I took me forever to play area control again, because it seems like I'd be playing these games and it was like, it would make no sense to attack me and people would do it. It's like, th- this gives you nothing. And then just wipe me off the board. Small world was a horrible game for me. That's the game I would not ever want to play again. That would make me grumpy. And, and see, I don't own it anymore because we never get to play it. And now we know why. Well, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony. So there's there's one softball you whiffed on. What about these other two guys? Okay. Well, Mark, Mark. Well, speaking of softball, um, <laughs> Mark here is along the lines of we all know Mark does not like rolling rights. Given. That's a given, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. He's, I ain't no rolling right person. That's right. So for Mark, if I were to put one of my favorite rolling rights on the table, he is going to become grumpy. And that is Castles of Burgundy dice game. That is by that is a incredible rolling right game that I completely enjoy. But I know Mark, based on his pettiness towards rolling right games, he's going to go. <laughs> that's just that's just the way it is. And Marty yeah. loves this game, Castles of Burgundy dice game. Well, I don't know what it is about rolling rights but the uh roll through the ages the bronze age that's like a rolling right the big old school original og rolling right uh i enjoyed that i I like that game but i think it was just the straight deluge of them that has kind of thrown me against rolling rights and i think the my problem with rolling rights is i don't have that tactile board game thing i don't have a piece to pick up and move i don't have 
you know, I, I don't have a board state. Well, I guess you have a board state. You can look at your page or whatever. But I, I think that's the main thing is just not having that tactile board and pieces and, and whatnot. And I also, I kind of had the same jade against quote unquote the dice game of anything mm-hmm. for the longest time. Now, there's two dice, two the dice games that have changed that for me. Nations, the dice mm-hmm. game, and Istanbul. Yep. The dice game yeah. have kind of changed that for me. So maybe at some point mm, I'll change on roll. Nah, never mind. I ain't. Nah. You ain't ever going to do that. <laughs> no. Well, if you want a tactile feel to roll and write, do this. Put your pencil down. Pick it back up. Put your pencil down. <laughs> pick it back up. Okay. And here's another idea for you, Mark. <gasps> Erase a little bit on your page. Brush the eraser dust away. You know what I'm saying? There's you some tactile. So okay? exciting. Or I could just get up and start looking at whoever's house. I start looking at their game shelves and <laughs> trying to see what they have and maybe put my head in my hand, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you won't have to do it for a very long time because that's the beautiful thing about a rolling, right? They don't last very long. They don't stay on the table. They don't overstay. They're welcome. Well, this is true. I, I will say, though, Mark, Castles of Burgundy is one of the better rolling rights because to me, rolling rights are sometimes push your luck, very luck based. That was one of the more Euro-feeling rolling rights I've ever played. Well, maybe I'll try it sometime. Oh, <laughs> there's a vote of confidence right there. <laughs> so for you, Nate, I had to think long and hard a couple of times on this. Uh, one of the things is you win everything. <laughs> That's not true. I win oh, my, yeah, fair, my fair share. And I thought, well, what's the game I've always beaten you at that I could probably throw out there that might make you grumpy, but... I, Actually, no, I think you enjoy playing that, and that's Whistle Stop. So I threw that one off. I said, no, I don't want that one. But one of my favorites, and I, I guess I'm going back to the well here, Arcadia Quest. Okay, I yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I mean, that's one of those games that I just, I enjoy playing. I always like it. I like how you have the three mover, you know, three characters moving around. And I think for me, if, I were, if you put that on the table for you, you'd be like, ah, this is going to take too long. There's a little, you know, a little take that into it. Well, you like take that. I don't know. Arcadia Quest, Nate. It's pretty good. I didn't love Arcadia Quest. I, I thought, you know, there are a lot better. I like dungeon crawlers better. Um, and I, you know, PVP game where everybody can gang up on me and where you just are the fate of the dice. Yeah, without a lot of mitigation, not a ton of decisions to make necessarily. I could see that. I could I could be at grumpy at a game of Arcadia Quest, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. But we've never, with the four of us playing Arcadia Quest, how about that? The, the, the trash talk that we do. That sounds like a great time. I mean, it, I can't, there's not any good game, any decent game playing with you guys. I'd be having fun. So, Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Oh, yeah. I love you too. Hey, um, so, so just out of curiosity then. So I said the one that would kind of make me grumpy. So did Mark. So which one Nate would be like, oh, I'll play it, but I wish we weren't. I'm like, Mark, I don't really love rolling rights or the very mm. simple games that don't really have a ton of decisions, maybe. The ones that are boiled down. I like meteor games, you know, at least an hour long, stuff like that. Um, that'd be the only thing I could think of. Says the designer of Sunday Split. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no left, center, right. Okay, got yes, it. Yes, exactly. Games like that I despise, <laughs> but who doesn't? <laughs> Wait, well, can I think of something that makes you grumpy? Yeah. Elizboa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, that's that's me. That's kind of like Tony. Um, I I pulled a Tony with Lisboa whenever I played it. I played it twice, I think, and I played other Vita Lacerda games, and I get them just fine. But for whatever reason, Lisboa, I cannot connect the dots. I move this piece over here, and I'm like, oh wait, that does this. I didn't mean to do that. But how do I do this? Uh, it, yeah, it just never clicked with me, and so yeah, Lisboa definitely makes me grumpy. Good one. I've never, obviously, I've never played it, Mark, so, and it's not on my shelf. It's on Marty's shelf, so that would not qualify. But I appreciate that because that tells me I will never get to play Lisboa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once again, so f- through the years, you gentlemen have dealt with and put up with my attitude about board games, oh, yeah. and yet you still come back. That deserves a medal right there. Yep, you're right. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So if everybody listening, let let us know, is there like a game, if you've been listening to us over the years, you think there is no way Tony would like this. If you want to, you can let us know. One of several places, obviously you can go to our thread and BGG and let us know there. You can hit us up on Twitter at Dyson Names, Instagram Dyson Names, or I'll have a, a post on Facebook. What is a game that you think that you have that would make Tony grumpy and why? And we could put it to the test. Hey, if we have it, we could say you were right or you were wrong. But more than likely, you're you're going to be right because yeah. there's not a lot of stuff that he really, really <laughs> likes. It's kind of a low bar, you know? I mean, I was going to say the harder thing would be here, each of us name three games that Tony loves to put on the table. And it's like, <laughs> I got to come up with three? I, I bet you couldn't even come up with one right now. Top oh, of your head. Come on, on real quick. Oh, pressure's on. Whistle stop. Oh, no. good one, Nate, because he just said it. Yeah. Whistle stop. Okay. Mark? Steam. Okay. Uh, you're right. There, this is a f- pure softball. Anything with a train. Okay. Call me Sheldon. All right. Okay. I, I'll go with non-train. Um, Silver. Yeah, I enjoy silver. But come on. Let's think of a hard game. What's one Euro game I enjoy? With, uh, Wait, they just named uh, City of the Big Shoulders. Okay. Mari Nostrum. Out, I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. That's oh, that, mm, that's a good one right there. And it's a long game. It's a long game. Oh, yeah. Forbidden Stars? Forbidden Stars, yeah. Oh, Seven Wonders is always... A, I'll always play Seven Wonders. Oh, I submit. So there are some there out more there. more than there. you yeah, think. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Now, looky there. He does like to play games. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on again. <laughs> Who knows, we may have you back in future episodes if we're still under quarantine, which we we probably uh, uh, will be. But uh, that was a fun segment. And uh, like I said, anybody listening, please let us know games that you might think uh, would make Tony grumpy and maybe we'll try them out and talk about them in a future episode. Guys, thanks again. Thanks for having us. Growing up, I loved logic and deduction games so when a new game showed up on my doorstep from foxtrot games and renegade games called the search for planet x from designers ben rossett and matthew o'malley i was super excited to get this to the table and one of the people that got it t- to the table with well was vanessa and adam but you've already heard from vanessa so now i got adam on to talk about uh the search for planet x we found it we did find. In fact, that is the whole goal of the game is, is finding Planet X. Now, Adam, I want to ask you something. I, when I was in elementary school, I don't know if you ever did these or not, but you, did you ever do the logic puzzles where you were given like a statement like Bob lives in a red house, Mary lives in a blue house, 
Tom lived beside Bob. Joe lives in between the red and the blue house. And they kind of give you those statements. And then your goal is to deduce who lives in what house and what order and what colors the house. I feel like we did that as part of our schoolwork. Okay. Right. Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. I did too. So we did that sort of, and it's called just a straight logic puzzle. And I yeah. love those things. Me too. So you're given a few statements and with those little bits of logic statements, you can start determining what they want you to, to figure out. And that to me, Adam's exactly what this game is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. That is exactly what this game is. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no fluff around or anything like that. I mean, that you're literally given some pieces of information that's consistent every single game about different bodies in space. You're going to be trying to find where is planet X. And this board is a circular board and it's broke up into sectors. There's two different types of difficulty. There's a 12-sector side and an 18-sector side. So we just played the regular 12-sector side. Before the game starts, you need to download an app for your phone, either iOS or Android. And each of you can have your own copy or you can share a copy. We each had our own copy, which I liked. Somebody's going to crank up the game. It's going to give you a code, like a four number letter code. You tell everybody else what that code is and they enter in the code. And then all of you are synced up to the point to where, okay, the game randomly assigns a spot on the board where Planet X is going to be. It also randomly assigns spots on the board where all these other astronomical bodies are going to be there's comet asteroid dwarf planet gas cloud planet x and then sectors that are truly empty that have nothing in them but what's cool is is that each of you get different information so when i look at my app it's going to say you know i'm setting up and it's going to say okay by the way sector x doesn't contain or like sector three doesn't contain any asteroids sector four doesn't contain dwarf planet you will get totally different bits of information. And Mm -hmm. then so will the other players that are in the game. So at that point, all of you know something just a little bit different and you're given a sheet to where you can, and there's a screen on the sheet behind the screen, you can mark this information on your sheet. So it's like the game board is on the sheet and you can mark off, well, I know that sector three doesn't have this, sector four doesn't have this. And by process of elimination over the course of the game, you try to find where planet X is. Right. It's a very simple concept. And at first, when you were explaining the rules, it was like, I got a little lost. I'll be honest, because (laughs) there's just a lot of information that you're thrown at. But as soon as you're handed the sheet and you go through the app, especially when you go through the app and you get all the information, it becomes clear. And you're like, oh, okay, this is starting to make sense. And the little uh, screen that you're given to hide your sheet, it has a lot of information on it. But really, it's only information pertaining to the game. It's not rules that's on this sheet. It's the logic rules that you use to deduce where planet x is and i and i thought that was really good because i was worried that when you were explaining it i was like this is, this is i know way over complicating this but the rules are like i said written on the sheet on, on the screen or whatever and they're the same every game for example uh, there's comets two comets will always be uh, in a prime number sector or comets are always in prime number sectors. Comets are always in a prime number sector, yeah. And they're the only ones that have fixed position. Asteroids are always at least adjacent to one another. So either you're going to have two sets of two or one set of four. The dwarf planets are never adjacent to uh, planet X. There's one of those. This is in the basic game. There's two gas clouds, and they're always at least adjacent to one empty space. Planet X is never adjacent to a dwarf planet, and it appears empty. And then there's truly empty spaces. And remember, it reminds you, Planet X actually appears empty. So there's 
there's going to be three spaces on the board that are appear empty, but one of those will have Planet X. In and it. you see, it's at this point where if you're listening to this and you've never seen any yeah. of this game, you're probably like, I, you, you've lost me yeah. right at that point. But I promise you, if you pull out this game and you like put it all in front of you and start the game, it, it makes perfect sense. And you're like, oh, okay, all right, I'm with it. And it's very easy to pick up in that respect. And the board is really cool. It's got this circular board and it's got this, uh, the cutout that the it rotates. And so over the course of the games, for example, when you're playing a 12 sector side, there's going to be six sectors which are visible and six that are not visible. And on your turn, one of the things that you can do, and on your turn, you're always interacting with the app. The most common thing that you're going to do is you're going to survey. And what you're going to do is you're going to survey anywhere from one to eight sectors or six sectors. And you're going to say, for example, well, I can, I can visibly see sectors one through six. I want to do a survey from sectors two through six. And I want to know if there are any comments in any of those. The, you're doing the looking at the app. Nobody else can see this. And it will tell you there's no comments in there. Maybe there's two comments in there. Mm -hmm. One, you don't know where it is. Mm -hmm. You just now know it's in that range. So you use the sheet to kind of take some notes on each survey you do. Okay, I know from this range, there's a couple comments in there. And you know by the rules that comments are always adjacent to one another. So if you find one, there will be one at least on one side or the other. So the game is really just about accumulating information. Mm -hmm. that, that's the point. Each turn that goes on, you get another piece of information to add. And uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but another thing you can do is research. And when you research, you it basically gives you another logic rule, mm -hmm. more or less. And these change that's, every game. That's what's cool is because that's what makes every game different. The research exactly. rules are totally different. It may say the gas clouds are on opposite sides of each other. Right. Or maybe in this particular game, the gas clouds are adjacent to each other. Or Planet X is not opposite an asteroid. That's mm -hmm. one I had written down here. So there are the static logic rules that never change, like asteroids are adjacent to at least one other. And then there are changing logic rules for each game and the more you research the more of those and you can use those to then whittle down mm -hmm. what you know to try and find and i thought that was very very clever it made the game very fresh and whatever you do is going to cost you time so you've got your token on one of the sectors and the person who's last the furthest away um will get to go is it'll be their turn. When they take their turn, whatever they do is going to cost time. For example, research costs one time. So they'll move their pawn forward one sector. When you do a survey, the fewer sectors you survey, which means you narrow down the information, the more time it takes. If you do a wide range survey, it takes less time. So it may take like three time slots. And basically I move my pawn from, if I'm on two, I move it to five. Well, then I don't go again until I'm last in the order. It's like kind of like another game. You haven't played it, but it's called uh, Takedo, where the person at the very end is always the one that gets to go until they're, they're last. So this works the same way. So if you do, do something that takes a lot of time, then you're going to sit there for a bit till everybody catches up to you. And the idea of the game is that you're a researcher, right? You're an astronomer gazing into the stars and... When you undergo a massive research project that might give you more information, it's going to take a little more time. And in that amount of time, other researchers can catch up to you. So I thought that was just a very clever way to parallel uh, what the game was trying to emulate. And one of those costly actions that you can also do on your turn, there's survey, there's research, there's target. You can just select one sector and say, look, just tell me what is in that sector. And it'll tell you, but it's going to cost you four time slots. So yeah, you find out exactly what one sector is, but it's going to be a while before you take your turn again. Right. 
And it also doesn't tell you if Planet X is there. It'll appear empty still. <laughs> It'll say, this is empty, but it could be the small actually Planet X is. And then as people take their turns, the dial that shows the visible sky, once the there's an empty space between the last visible spot on the board, uh, the dial rotates to the last pawn. And if ever, anytime you're rotating, some of the sectors have little icons on them. And one of them is called the theory face. And at this point in time, you actually pause the game and you're going to take some of your tokens and your tokens have all the different types of bodies that you're looking for, comets, dwarfs, etc. And you're going to put that face down on a sector where you think that actually is. And the theory phase, I got to admit, might I, I'm iffy on the theory phase, okay. personally. And the reason is, is because I feel like many board games feel obliged to shoehorn in victory points when you don't need <laughs> Well, but, but, the, but I, th- I like it because it's like, even though we ain't got to this point yet, you can earn victory points based on how well you find things. Yeah, and that's true. And I guess that's fair from like a, a board game standpoint. But I mean, the game could simply be first person to find Plan X ones. It could it could be. But what the, but but also gives you some information. So during the theory phase, everybody's going to put a token on the board where they think something exists. Once you hit another theory phase, that token will move towards the center. And once it reaches the center, which takes four times to get there, you actually flip it over. And then you you ask the app, and the app will tell you whether you're right or wrong. Mm. Where if you're right and you're the first person there, you're going to get victory points. If somebody else came in behind you with their token, they'll get victory points, but it'll be a little bit less. But now there's another piece of information that you know, and that's what I like about it. It actually speeds the game up. So at some point in time, sectors are going to be revealed to you through this uh, theory phase. And then in a game like this, you know, information cascades, right? If I know for sure that an asteroid's here, well, I know one has to be adjacent to it. And if one's adjacent to it, this rule says that this can't be opposite of an asteroid <laughs> and so on and so forth. Right. It's one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite games I've played recently. Oh, wow. To be honest with you. And the reason is because it's a different kind of thinking, right? Than what most board games encourage you to do. Let's be honest. Most board games are fundamentally chess. How so? Because they're strategic. Most You're, board games? Most board games. Well, not yeah. Ameritrash games where there's dice or randomness involved. No, but you are still playing against other people and you are developing a strategy to counter that other person's strategy. Okay. Basically, right? And it's a head-to-head strategic way Ignoring co-ops. Ignoring co-ops, of okay. course. But even then, you're still playing against the game. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. Yep. So you're forming a gestalt strategy to counter either your or the game's strategy. And it's strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. I like this game and games like uh, Detective is another good example because it's investigative thinking. Mm. You're not developing a strategy against an entity, be it a board game or a person. You're trying to investigate a piece of information that's sitting there somewhere and you're logically trying to deduce what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about this game. It's a little more free flowing. It's a little more, I feel like it's more fun of a mental challenge personally. And I just liked the puzzle it provided basically also i talked about the rotating dial there's another icon that you may come across and it's a conference and this is also one of those things that will change from game to game a conference is a piece of information that everybody gets so what it's like it's like everybody's attending a conference and there's a scientist or something that's saying oh by the way in this particular game this is going to be adjacent to this and everybody gets that piece of information when we did the um research that's individual that nobody else will get except you, but the conference, everybody sees. So again, it kind of presses, the, pushes the game along. This game does have a clock. Eventually, it, just by process of elimination, 
Planet X will pop up. Yeah. It's not just going to run indefinitely because of the theory phase, which will eventually will show things in this other stuff. You'll just eventually find it. But it's just who's who could take the information that, you, that you've been given and find it first. Exactly. And naturally, some people are going to be more advantaged than others just by the nature of the information they're given. But I think the game does a good job of randomizing and parsing the information so that you're on an even playing field at the start of the game. And then the final thing that you can do, the final action you can take is, you know what, I'm just going to take a shot and see if I know where Planet X is. So you pull up the app. You'll say, I believe Planet X is in such and such sector. You press the button. It'll say you're right or wrong. Right or wrong, you're going to jump five time slots. But you announced to everybody, either I found it or you didn't. If you did find it, that's going to trigger the end of the game. But what that allows the other people to do, and you'll get 10 points for being correct, but each player behind that player, based on how far back they can, can either try to find uh, Planet X for a little bit fewer points or submit up to additional theories of what are in certain sectors. And at the end of the game, they'll reveal those to see if they score points off those. You know, you say you weren't crazy about the theories, but somebody could get lucky. Yeah. and just I'm gonna, just going to try this. And it's like, why in the world they get that so quick? Well, they, they were lucky. But if everybody else had been putting down theories and stuff like that, they could have been scoring points off that and potentially beat the person who found Planet X. That's a good point. That's a very good point. It is worth noting, though, that the first person who finds Planet X is going to get 10 victory points, which in this game is a lot. It, it is. No, that, that's a that's a very good point. So you say this is one of those games that uh, you, you've enjoyed recently. It um, it plays one to four players. You could play solo. Which I, I think is pretty cool. It is. Uh, if you just want a quick deduction game, if you like playing logic deduction games, it, the time on the box says 60 to 75 minutes. I don't think we played that long. We did not play that long. But to be fair, you found Planet X pretty darn quick. I was able to narrow it down fairly quickly. Because when he said, I'm going to see if I can find it, Vanessa and I are going, how? And then you went, bing. Yep, I found it. We're like, what? (laughs) But you had taken all the information that were given to you and made a good deduction of where you Mm. thought it was going to be. I mean, Planet X is, is not directly opposite an asteroid. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's right that's all you need to know right there <laughs> i think the thing that vanessa was saying and i think it's a good point too is even though they give you a sheet to write a lot of notes i almost wish i need a second piece of scratch paper because i could have written a lot of a lot more notes than some of these small yeah. little places where you yeah. get you had to take in other people did mm. you can write down okay i know adam scanned these looking for this and this turn i wonder mm. why he searched that for that yeah and i guess if you really get deep into it you can see what other people are doing and make deductions based on their actions. Right. Yeah. I mean, the game is what you take from it, right? You could write down what everyone does and try and deduce based off just what everyone else does and not even what you do. But you could also just not do that and just try and just take whatever the app tells you and go from there. And I will say when it comes to the app, this is one of the best app-driven games. Oh, yeah. I've done Because Easily. it's not a gimmick. No, it's actually and it's integrated so well and it totally makes sense. And this happened to us, too. And just let people know, uh, Vanessa's phone uh, shut down or crashed or uh, the battery ran out. She had to restart it. That didn't mess up anything because she just entered in the same code. And when you sit down at the board, the four people can play and each side of the board has a season. Each season gives you a different set of rules. 
So when she sets up the app again, she enters that four-digit code, say what season that I'm sitting beside, and she gets the exact same information she had before. It's very well done. Yep. It feels very natural and necessary for the game. I'm, I was impressed with it. And she liked the little sound effects and stuff that were in it and everything like that. Yeah. And this is an early version of the game because I actually saw in the box and everything, or in the app itself... That, hey, guess what? Coming in May, there's going to be version 2.0 of the app to maybe give it a little bit better look or different look or something like that. So they're still upgrading it. What I don't understand, though, is the voice that kept saying, everyone, close your eyes. <laughs> well, because that was the other game we played like Planet X, <laughs> open your eyes. <laughs> oh, wow. So if you like straight, hardcore logic deduction games, then search for Planet X from Foxtrot Games, which was kickstarted last year. Now it's being published by Renegade. Is a game for you? It is a game. It's just one big logic puzzle. Yep. That's all it is. If you like those sort of things, then you really want to check this out. Absolutely. The Broken Token is also still open during this time, processing orders and everything, and they're still designing and... If you've happened to see the very successful Frosthaven Kickstarter that is going on, they're offering an organizer already that's going to be able to support this game. You can order that on the Kickstarter right now. It's an additional cost that you would add on as a pledge. But in addition, uh, when the game Frosthaven comes out, this will be available for you to buy to be able to store all of your Frosthaven cards and tokens and bits into this nice box and everything make sure it's all organized tony has the gloomhaven version which helps you get everything organized so you can get it up and out on the table and then put away with speed so if you have the gloomhaven version you'll want the frosthaven version too to make your setup and play easy to find out more go to thebrokentoken.com Well, this podcast is like every time two fools collide, you get something special. And once again, you got something special. What? Yes. Out of this whole podcast, we came together and we created magic. Two fools, boom, we collided. There you go. Okay. What? Are you not, are you not getting it? Are you not understanding what I'm saying here? We come together and it's like, bam, two atoms colliding. We, boom, re- Magic happens. That's what's going on here. Sh- sure. I mean, you just listened to this thing. Do you think that was magic? I'm pretty sure it was. Almost as right. almost You're giving yourself a lot of credit here. I know almost as much magic that occurred over at Board Game Geek Guild number one five eight nine when that poll showed up on Mountain Dew because Marty was whining about it. I wasn't whining about it. Just last episode, we mentioned all these flavors of Mountain Dew. We talk about games, Tony, and we say this every episode. We review games, we talk about games, we try to make sure there's game content, but people never want to talk about the board game content in our guilds. They want to talk about the other stuff. And the other stuff this time was, hey, there is a lot of flavors of Mountain Dew. Y'all should put up a poll to see which one would get the the most votes. And Tony, you did that, and you listed all the flavors there. Well, why wouldn't I? It's only fair. But I did not really, I did not, Talk about the ones that have been discontinued or that you can get in those flavor mix-in places. You know, the Mm -hmm. the drinks where you can hit the various ones or the ones that were special like at KFC or made specifically for those restaurants. I said, forget that. This is stuff you can buy on shelf. And it's really not surprising that the out of all the flavors, the most popular is just plain old Mountain Dew. I was surprised at number two, though, Tony. 
Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so good. Do you? Oh, yeah. That's That was one of mine. I, of course, Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew Code Red. Which one threw me off, which uh, someone pointed out to me that I did not list because I didn't know about it, was diet, caffeine-free Mountain Dew. Go drink water. Go drink water. It is not good. I mean, I drank Diet Mountain Dew for years, and then when I tried to cut back on the caffeine, it was like, it's, it tastes totally different. Yeah, caffeine-free. No, no. Why would you drink Mountain Dew if you don't if there's no caffeine in it? That's the, kind of the whole purpose of Mountain Dew. That's why Mountain Dew is for gamers and coders. Mm-hmm. But before energy drinks. Yeah, that's right. Which Mountain Dew actually has energy drinks now. Gamer fuel, kickstart, that, that sort of thing. The number three was Baja Blast, which my kids love. They could love Baja Blast, which you can find like at Taco Bell's all over the place. Okay. So I haven't tried Baja Blast. I have done um, Pitch Black and, oh, what's the um, one that's uh, white? Frost or something like that? White Out. Uh, white Out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, but I, I guess, yeah, I'm a purist. Mountain Dew or mm-hmm. oh, actually Mountain Dew Zero now is number one for me. Uh, well, yes. And in fact, according to the poll, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, which just came out, is more popular than Diet Mountain Dew. So I think they've got a hit there with the Zero Sugar. Mm-hmm. I'll admit I risk my life because there is a convenience store on my way to work that when I'm feeling tired, I will pull in, don my mask, walk in, get myself a Mountain Dew Zero, and now they let you walk out with it. They don't even want you to come to the register if that's all you're getting. Are you serious? Yes. It's a free drink? It's a free drink. Uh, which one is this? Pl- I'll drive there so I can get a free drink. Everybody's still charging everywhere I go. It's not worth 45 minutes of your drive to come Tony, all the way on the free. other side of the city. It's free. Well, maybe it's because I go in there often. They may know me a little bit. I, I don't know, but Vanessa's always told me if it's free, you take it. Even if you don't <laughs> need it. <laughs> I love that woman. <laughs> And man, it is true. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. when I used to go to um, conventions for work, oh, I had to load up a backpack full of all the free pins and all the free balls and the <laughs> bobbleheads and everything. She said, if it's free, Marty, you better put it in your bag. We can always use hand sanitizer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Premonition to today. <laughs> I know. And see, now we're set because I hoarded all those years, all that hand sanitizer going out to professional conventions. Oh, you know, it's killed us. We used to have a whole bin of hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved, Donna's like, why am I holding on to this? I go, I don't know. Take it to Goodwill. Oh, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? It's who funny. Knew? My my dad is is starting to make his own because it's hard to find. But he's he's found out that's like yeah, making your own super expensive. He said, do not do that. He said the cost of the ingredients to get is not justify the cost of making it on your own unless you just can't get it somewhere. Soap, warm water, yep. just as good. Totally one hundred one hundred percent agree. Whew. I cannot wait till the the topic of conversation turns from. Toilet paper, hand sanitizers, and hand washing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I, I guess you should always have toilet paper. That's what washing. got us in this mess. If you ain't washing your hands, <laughs> so I'm saying. Oh, that's a good point. Oh my gosh! I will say before we close this thing out, Tony. One of the things we've been. I, let me ask you before I go into mine. Have you been catching up on your TV? You have got all the time in the world to sit there and watch all your CBS shows. Are you called up, sir? Uh, yes, we are called up to the point we are at 44% uh, available on our DVR. Nice. 
Um, the shows that I have not caught up on is from just me, and that is Vikings. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, oh, uh, The Walking Dead. Ah, okay. Okay. And actually, the um, finale of Walking Dead has not been filmed because they had to shut down production before they shot the finale. So they shot the penultimate episode, but not the finale. So we don't know when it's going to be coming. What? Dang. <laughs> I mean, so they're they're sitting in there in Atlanta, uh, basically, you know, practicing social distancing, but they can't get on the set to finish it until everything's lifted and then get back to it. I can I mean, yeah, I understand that, but still, that means when's it going to hit? I, I don't know. Yeah, How yeah. is it? Have you been watching it? Uh, I have been. I've caught up through the penultimate episode. Um, it's fine. It's one of those things that I've invested so much time into it that I don't want to give it up because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's now like it's like an achievement. Like now I want to say I've watched them all. <laughs> so I, it can end anytime it wants. That's fine. But at least I want to say I watched them all. Okay. Well, that's good to know that I don't want to sit there and waste my time. You know, well, uh, I, I understand that. Speak, speaking of the wasting time and Vanessa's not listening. Is she? Hey, hey, do you, she do believes you, in you. Do you watch NCIS? Um, I never got into NCIS. New, oh my gosh! So Vanessa is into New Orleans now. It's because it because her family's from there, and she wants to see it. And it's like she's now trying to go back through six seasons of NCIS New Orleans. It's driving me insane. It, there could be worse. It could be Blue Bloods, which I love. Uh, oh my gosh! Anyway, it's fine, I guess. It's just like, but it's it's such a procedural show. It's like she said, and I want to watch them in order. It's like why you don't have to. There's no reason to why I don't even know if there's any arc in these seasons. Maybe there is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought I thought that would be right up your alley since it's a CBS show. I did not watch any of the NCISs. Mark Harmon didn't do that one, and then oh, um, uh, Scott uh, Quantum Leap. You know, I oh, just Scott Bakula. That's who's in, who was in this one. Yeah, I I watch enough cop shows. I don't need mm. to put two more cop shows on my list because that's it's either medical show a cop show or what's the other one she enjoys oh a fire show gotcha 911 uh we do watch 911 which um, is not cbs very good yeah uh we did not like lone star i couldn't the characters weren't gelling there was gotcha. no no jelly so yes uh we like 911 with the free cbs access have you watched picard I've been catching up on my DVR shows. I got to get on there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, we finished Picard. We liked it okay. We aren't Trekkies. A lot of people who are Trekkies did not like it at all, saying this isn't even close to Star Trek. I don't know if it was like Star Trek. I wouldn't know it. If it wasn't, I still wouldn't know. I thought it was, it was fine for what I, I wasn't crazy about the ending. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything. If you watch it, we can talk about it, but I just wasn't too crazy about it, the ending. But after that, it was like, so, so now what we're going to watch and Tony, I've been wanting to dive into a genre of TV that I've never participated in, uh, which is anime. And I'm not going to count Pokemon. I did, I did used to, used to watch Pokemon a little bit. Our star blazers. <laughs> Sorry. I guess, I guess that is anime, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, okay. Early, early anime, but I'm talking about more from like '90s, 2000s. Okay, Voltron. Okay, that's okay. You're right. You're right. So, so you want to get to what you think is was as anime now that you didn't used to watch back in the '80s? I guess that's a good point. Anyway, so it's like, all right. So I, I don't know what to watch. There is just way too much out there. So I started doing some research, and it's like, okay, top anime shows to watch. And I looked at about five different lists, and 
every list in their top 10 or maybe top five or top one had one show that kept coming back over and over. And that was a show called Death Note. So I said, okay, what is this show even about? And, and the premise is this, a high school student finds a book that's dropped by called Shimagami, which is basically death gods, or they're like a, a, a reavers, the grim reapers. There you go. Uh, like a grim reaper and how they would call somebody to die is they would write their name in a book. And when they wrote it in the book, they would die. So the premise is, is that one of these books falls into a hand of a, of a human, uh, a, a high school student who decides who figures out what the book does and decides, oh my gosh, with this, I can make the world a better place. Criminals, I can just kill them and uh, we get rid of crime, get rid of wars. And so it was like, sweet, I'm, I'm going to be the hero of this world and I'm going to wipe out all evil. That's the whole premise right there. And I thought, okay, that's interesting enough. That sounds kind of cool. So I'll, I'll check it out. It happens to be on Hulu, which we have 37 episodes. So I watched the first episode and I thought, okay, the premise is set up. And I watched the second episode. And I'm like, I'm hooked. I am 100% in. So I stopped and I grabbed Adam and Vanessa and I said, I said, you don't need to watch the first episode. Here's what happens in the first episode, blah, 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 blah. Sit and watch the second episode. And after it was over, I looked at him and I said, do y'all want to watch this with me? And they went, yes, I want to watch this with you. So over the past three weeks, we have been through 37 episodes of this show. And Tony, I'm here to tell you that I've watched a lot of TV in my time. The story of this TV show, it's one of the best TV stories I have ever watched in my entire life. I was engrossed from the first episode to the last to when it was over. I was so sad. Number one, the story just absolutely moved you, but I was sad because it was over and it's like, I'll never be able to see it again for the first time. And that bummed me out. Just like experiencing this for the first time was an absolute joy. Our entire family loved it. Loved it. It was love or something like it, huh? The anime was really good. The story was absolutely engrossing. There's a, like, there's a first half and a second half where the first half has a diff, kind of a little bit different feel than the second. And there was some slow episodes. To be honest with you, it probably could have been 30 episodes. There's probably some fluff that could have been removed. So it, it did drag like in episode 20s area, but then it kind of picked back up. And the voice acting was absolutely phenomenal. Rarely do I ha I get like just drawn into the voice acting of a cartoon character, but I was totally pulled into the characters in this show. And there's this whole, by the end, there's this whole moral discussion that I'm having with the family. It's like, here's a person who can decide where somebody lives or dies. And basically they say, if you're evil, you're going to die. And some people worship would worship people like that. And some people go, no, you should not have that power. Mm -mm. And it splits the people into groups and they take side. I mean, it's just this whole social dynamic that's created from this one book that fell into this person's hands. That's why it's so much more than the premise. There's so much more going on in it. I, I tell you for anybody who has not seen it, I highly recommend it. Again, one of the best stories I've seen on TV ever. And I'm a big fan of stuff like Buffy and Angel and stuff. And those are amazing. But that is like, you know, there's a great story in episode, you know, like season three of Buffy's amazing season. Uh, uh, season seven or five of Angel is an amazing season. 
but it's like multiple stories over the course of the entire course of the show. This is just one story beginning to end and it ends and that's it. And that journey going through that thing was amazing. The music, I was listening to the soundtrack today for Death Note and it was like remembering all these things and these feelings that I, I oh, it was a spiritual movement. I, I cannot get over how good it was. And, and of course, that was li- as I was looking up Funko Pops. And there's actually Funko Pops of the characters from this show. And it's like, hmm, I need those. <laughs> now I'm going to be looking for the, the three characters they've made Funko Pops for. And this was on Hulu. This was on Hulu. But but see, then there's two versions. People want to say, did you watch these dubbed version or did I watch the uh, original where I had to read the subtitles? I know that people like you shouldn't watch the dubbed. I did watch the dubbed because I didn't want to have to read because I want to enjoy the art and the anime style, which I did. But the voice acting they got was spot on. I don't feel I lost anything in translation because it was so gripping. I mean, the last episode, and I kid you not, I was on the edge of the couch. I was literally on the edge of my seat in the last episode. And when the credits rolled, I just had to Mm. just let, I've been holding my breath for like 30 minutes, it seems. And it it is not like a denouement or anything. It's like, boom, that's how the sucker ends. You're just left sitting there thinking about it. It's like, holy cow. Ah. I know I've gone on and on about this. Oh, really? I, I haven't noticed. I'm only pacing around my room. I know. I. Oh, it was that good, huh? I'm gonna watch the. I'm gonna watch the finale again, actually. Okay. Because well, now that I know how it ends, and I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Everything that you need to know, I've told you. And if you watch it, and after the second sep- episode, you aren't into it, then that's that's cool. But it's okay. the second episode that kind of sets up. Oh, so that's what this series is going to be. Mm-hmm. You think it's one thing, and then after the second episode, you go, "Oh, it's actually going to be this," gotcha. and that's just what kind of set up the rest of the whole show. And this started out as manga, you know, Japanese comics. It was originally a comic book, and they translated into anime. And this was two thousand six, two thousand seven. So this is old. You know, this is fourteen years old. Uh, definitely not new. Netflix made a movie version of it three years ago, and I went and watched the trailer day, and it looked horrible. And you read the comments and the comments like, do not watch this. Do not watch this. Watch the anime. Do not watch this. She goes over and over. It got slammed. And that was Hulu for those that subscribe. It is Hulu. Death Note. I want a Death Note t-shirt. <laughs> like I, I am. Of like, course you do. All. And it was so funny. It was just like, I just want something that's considered a good anime. And it was, ended up something was was some of the best, most gripping television I've ever watched. Mm. All right. You done with this, Lucille? I am. Okay. Excellent. Because you know what? I got to go call AT&T because our TVs are broke. The boxes aren't working too well. So earlier today, I called them to say, can you fix this? And they were like, due to COVID-19, we are shut down some of our call facilities. So wait times are a little bit longer. Would you like to go to the support webpage? I went, what? No, I want to talk to someone. I've done your support page. I want you to do this. Nope. We want you to try this. I've done that. And they went, customer service. Guess what they said to me? What'd they say to you? Goodbye. (laughs) Wow. They hung up. I was, oh, I was livid. Livid. So I've got to bring this show to the end so I can go talk to AT&T again about why is my TV not working so that we can go watch some cop shows on CBS. But until then, keep rolling dice. And taking names. 
Thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, there are not one but two contests for Guild Wars 2 keys and a copy of Santa Monica. So go back and listen for details on how to do that. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Dyson Names, on Twitter, Dyson Names, follow us on Facebook, slash Roll Dice Take Names, and join our BGG Guild 1589. Is that how you're kicking it no. off? No. Oh. I liked it. Just kind of started off with a little show tune. <laughs> if you go over to portalgamesus.com, you may catch a surprise such as the playmats are in. That's right, playmats for Imperial Settlers, Marty, or... Hiroshima Hex or Detective. Can you imagine that, Marty? Little Imperial Settlers playmat so you know where to put the pieces to the left or to the right. Match it up. It's got all the cute little people running around on it. That is awesome. Those are so cute. So I highly recommend you go over to Portal Games US and check out everything that they are offering, including Play for Free Now Detective. That game is compatible with Zoom or Google Hangouts or Duo. Be sure to check it out at portalgamesus.com. <laughs>